Okay, good evening and welcome to the October 11th, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Board of Appeals. President Rick Swig will be the presiding officer tonight and he is joined by Commissioner John Trasvina and Commissioner J.R. Epler. We expect Commissioner Lemberg shortly. Vice President Lopez is absent tonight. Also present is Deputy City Attorney Jen Huber, who will provide the board with any needed legal advice. At the controls is the board's legal assistant, Alec Longley, and I'm Julie Rosenberg, the board's executive director. We will also be joined by representatives from the city departments that will be presenting before the board this evening. Tina Tam, the deputy zoning administrator representing the planning department. Matthew Green, uh, deputy director inspection services for the department of building inspection. Henry Lifton, deputy city attorney representing the department of public health and Janine Young, Senior Health Inspector with the Retail Tobacco and Smoking Program representing the Department of Public Health. The board meeting guidelines are as follows. The board requests that you turn off or silence all phones and other electronic devices so they will not disturb the proceedings. No eating or drinking in the hearing room. The rules of presentation are as follows. Appellants, permit holders, and department respondents each are given seven minutes to present their case and three minutes for rebuttal. People affiliated with these parties must include their comments within the seven or three minute periods. Members of the public who are not affiliated with the parties have up to three minutes each to address the board and no rebuttal. Time may be limited to two minutes if the agenda is long or if there are a large number of speakers. Mr. Longway, our legal assistant, will give you a verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Four votes are required to grant an appeal or to modify a permit or determination or to grant a jurisdiction request. If you have any questions about requesting a rehearing, the board rules or hearing schedules, please email board staff at boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now public access and participation are of paramount importance to the board. SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live and we will have the ability to receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. SFGov TV is also providing closed captioning for this meeting. To watch the hearing on TV, go to SFGov TV cable channel 78. Please note that it will be rebroadcast on Fridays at 4 p.m. on channel 26. A link to the live stream is found on the homepage of our website at sfgov.org forward slash BOA. Now public comment can be provided in three ways. One, in person. Two, via Zoom. Go to our website, click on the hearings link, and then the Zoom link. Uh, and number three, by telephone. Call 1-669-900-6833 and enter webinar ID 859-5349-5910. And again, SFGov TV is broadcasting and streaming the phone number and access instructions across the bottom of the screen if you're watching the live stream or broadcast. To block your phone number when calling in, first dial star 67, then the phone number. Listen for the public comment portion for your item to be called and dial star nine, which is the equivalent of raising your hand so that we know you want to speak. You will be brought into the hearing when it is your turn. You may have to dial star six to unmute yourself. You will have two to three minutes, depending on the length of the agenda and the volume of speakers. Our legal assistant will provide you the verbal warning 30 seconds before your time is up. Please note that there is a delay between the live proceedings and what is broadcast and live streamed on TV and the internet. Therefore, it's very important that people calling in reduce or turn off the volume on their TVs or computers. Otherwise, there is interference with the meeting. If any of the participants or attendees on Zoom need a disability accommodation or technical assistance, you can make a request in the chat function to Alec Longway, the board's legal assistant, or send an email to boardofappeals at sfgov.org. Now, the chat function cannot be used to provide public comment or opinions. Please note that we will take public comment first from those members of the public who are physically present in the hearing room. Now, we will swear in or affirm all those who intend to testify. 
please note that any member of the public may speak without taking an oath pursuant to their rights under the Sunshine Ordinance. If you intend to testify at any of tonight's proceedings and wish to have the board give your testimony evidentiary weight, raise your right hand and say, I do, after you've been sworn in or affirmed. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Okay, thank you. If you are a participant and you're not speaking, please put your Zoom speaker on mute. So, commissioners, we do have one change uh, in the order of the agenda, which has been approved by President Swig. Uh, after, the adoption, after item three, the adoption of the minutes, we will hear item seven, which is appeal number 23-039 at 1367 San Bruno Avenue. So we will now move on to item number one, which is general public comment. This is an opportunity for anyone who'd like to speak on a matter within the board's jurisdiction, but that is not on tonight's calendar. Is there any member of the public who wishes to speak on an item that is not on tonight's calendar? Please raise your hand. I don't see anyone on Zoom either, so we will move on to item number two. Commissioner, comments and questions. Commissioners, anybody have any uh, comments? Uh, Commissioner Trezvina, please. Uh, th thank you, President Swig. Uh, as noted in the proposed minutes, uh, we've had previously uh, members, uh, taxi drivers, who've come before us and testified regarding concerns about retaliation. And at a previous meeting, I asked the city attorney's office what protections there are for individuals who have that concern. And I believe uh, our deputy city attorney has looked into it and 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 is providing a, is a, is able to provide a response tonight, and I would ask that uh, she be able to do so. Happy to do that. Um, so, with respect to retaliation, if someone believes that they've been retaliated against by a city officer or employee uh, for exercising their rights to bring an appeal before this board, they can file a report with the city whistleblower program, which is administrative administrated by the controller's office. Uh, city staff will investigate the report and ensure that corrective action is taken. Uh, with respect to someone who alleges that they've been retaliated against by a non-city official, um, that would not fall under any of the board's appeals or general city protections, which was one of the questions raised by Commissioner Trasvina. Uh, this board's jurisdiction is, is limited by the city charter to concurring in or overruling the actions of particular departments. So retaliation by a private individual would fall outside of the purview of the city, and uh, this board is defined by the charter, or at least general city protections, I should clarify. Uh, in the case of retaliation by a private citizen, uh, someone would need to look elsewhere for a remedy or a forum to complain. For instance, the rent board for a tenant-landlord dispute, uh, or perhaps civil court if the conduct gives, gives rise to an independent cause of action. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for your follow-through on that, and thank you for informing the public about that. Anybody else have anything today? Seeing none, let's move on. Okay. Is there any public comment on this item? Please raise your hand. I don't see any, any public comments, so we will move on to item number three, the adoption of the minutes. Uh, commissioners, before you, uh, for discussion and possible adoption, are the minutes of the September 27th, 2023 meeting. Commissioners, uh, anybody want to make a motion or have any corrections to the minutes? Uh, Commissioner Epler? Um, I move that we adopt the minutes. Okay, thank you. Is there any public comment on this motion? 
Okay, seeing none, on the motion to adopt the minutes, Commissioner Trezvina? Yes. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries four to zero and the minutes are adopted. So as I previously stated, we're going to move on to item number seven, a change in order of the agenda. This is appeal number 23-039, Grace Bacci-Galupi versus the Zoning Administrator, subject property 1367 San Bruno Avenue. Appealing the issuance on August 10th, 2023 to Grace Bacci-Galupi of a letter of determination. The Zoning Administrator has determined that the existing parking space at the front of the property is a legally permitted parking space under the Planning Code. However, the garage building was removed and the existing fence between the street and parking space does not provide adequate screening. Therefore, a building permit must be filed, issued, and completed to provide adequate screening of the parking space as required by the Planning Code. This is record number 2023-004-009. And we'll hear from the appellant first. Welcome. You have seven minutes. Hi, I'm Grace Bacigalupi. Um, my husband and I have lived at the address 1363, shared with 1367 for 33 years. And uh, last year, at the end of the year, a complaint was made about our driveway that is at 1367, which has been there many years, but the um, complaint was that it appeared to be either abandoned or illegal. And so what I brought was some photos that of uh, things over the years to show you how long it's been that way. Um, in 2000, the building that was there, the garage was really dilapidated. And after a lot of a series of storms, it started to lean. And we went to the building department to apply for a, an, a uh, permit to rebuild the building, but they didn't like it. On several visits, they said, no, this is not a, a good um, plan that you have. And then we were told that if we built a fence 72 inches or less, we wouldn't require a permit. So that's what we did 23 years ago. And so nobody's complained about the driveway or fence since then, and I have some photographs to show you. You can put it, put them on the overhead. Okay. Overhead, please. please. Just put it facing yourself, and then it will come up. Okay. Yes, we can see. If you could move the microphone, that'd be great. This is a Sanborn map of 1919, and there's a picture of the house. There's an arrow that shows you a tiny little space that was a garage. Can you zoom out a little, Alec, for her, please? And well, I have a bigger one. Okay. Right underneath. So this is a zoomed in version of it, but I got that Sanborn map from the planning department in 2016 when they were out looking at our house about another issue. And so there's the little garage, the tiny little square that you see here. I think we need to zoom out a little. I... Okay. Oh, there, the arrow. Yes, now we that. see it. And so this is where I keep our garbage cans and things like that. And once the garage fell over, we really couldn't, there was nothing to protect that, that part of the property, so we put up the fence. And, um, oh, this is an old picture of the, the garage. That's my father-in-law at the bottom from 1950. And this young man is a teenager here in 1960, where you can see the garage. And there was a fence there and a fence on the other side. So... Uh, what we did was we put up the 72-inch fence, 
with an opening where the garage was. So you could fit a car in. We don't use it very often, but um, that was what we did in 2000. And nobody said that uh, we couldn't and that it wasn't a permit wouldn't be required. This was a zoning letter I got from the planning department in 2016. So they had seen our property. They'd seen what it looked like and the, and the fence that's currently there. And there was no complaints about it at that time. This was a receipt for driveway uh, red curbs to keep people from parking in the driveway uh, in 2018. So we were using it at, at that time as a driveway. This is later in 2017. We repaired the cement, sorry, the cement uh, on the sidewalk outside for DPW. They saw the fence and the screening that was in place at that time and there were no complaints. And later in 2020, we also repaired another uh, couple of spaces. And you can see a car in the driveway. No one complained about that screening or the way the fence looked then. These are not really good pictures, sorry. So this is a letter of determination that I got, that I requested. Um, and he suggested that it was legal when the garage was there, but is not legal now unless we obtain a permit. Why I would need a permit, I didn't understand, and I reached out to more than a couple people at the planning department, and I did not get an answer except for this, which was a copy, a um, definition of code 142. I read code 142, and I believe that I met all the criteria in code 142, so I'm not sure why I would need to obtain a permit to, I, well, and I couldn't get a real serious answer about what was wrong with the screening from anybody at the planning department. And so I filed for the appeal. But I believe I met the criteria in code 142. So this is the driveway today. Oh, hang on there. So that's what it looks like right now. And that's green screening that they use around tennis courts. Um, I thought it was good screening. It, it seems to meet the criteria in code 142. And here's the driveway. There's a car inside. And this is what it looks like up close, the material. This is me standing behind the screen. You can't really see what's inside, but you can see my hands and feet. So it's not, um, you can't see the vehicles or anything on the other side of the screen. noticed that some of the uh, other driveways in my neighborhood, this is the uh, driveway at SFGH uh, right there, and they have the exact same material on their fence. So I took a picture of it. This is a school on Bryant Street near my house, and it's the exact same material. And here's another school on 20th Street. They're using that material to hide their trash cans, I believe but it's the same material. And another school down the street from me, Bryant Street School, but it's not on Bryant Street, it's on San Bruno Avenue. But it, again, is the same material that I have on my fence. And another school uh, down the street from us, and that also has the same material. So I brought these pictures. I would like to give you this packet of uh, information that I made up. 
and I'll let you decide. 30 seconds. Okay. So that's it. Are you done? Okay, thank you. President Swig, did you want to accept her pictures into the record? Uh, <clears throat> I think we've seen enough, and also it's too late for that. We, we've had a full presentation. Okay. So we don't need to accept them? No. Okay, we have a question from Commissioner Trisvina. Thank you, uh, Ms. Bacigalupi. Thank you. I have a question. Okay. I'm a little bit confused as to how you got here. Can you, can you explain to me um, why you sought a letter of determination? I was confused by it. I wasn't, it wasn't clear exactly what they wanted. I called, I left messages, I emailed on several occasions, and nobody could tell me what was wrong with the screening on my fence. And um, time was passing by, I reached out to Alec, and he said, well, you know, give him a chance, see if somebody wants to try and help you resolve this. And I was happy to do that. I did it the day after I got the letter of determination. I said, I'm confused by this. I don't know why I need to obtain a permit for the um, fence that's been there for 23 years or this green screening. I just right. was confused. I, if, I, if I could, though, um, it seems to me you're a long-term, long-time San Franciscan. Yeah. And you seem willing to do what the city wants you to do in terms of yeah, guarding the absolutely. car from public view. Yeah, or the garage I thought space. I did. Yeah. So, but I, I, I'm wondering how, how the letter of determination came up as opposed oh. to just asking people, asking and getting Oh, DPW. So they received an anonymous complaint suggesting that this was an uh, illegal driveway. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I've got this Sanborn map from 1909. There was a driveway there when we moved in. We didn't put it there. So, I mean, it's, there's plenty of proof that that's been there for a very long time. Right. But did, did, you, did you ask for specifically a letter of determination or did you just yeah, ask, the them, legality. ask said, them, what do I need to do to fix this? No, well, I just said, is this a legal driveway or isn't it? That's what DPW said. They wanted to wait for planning to tell them if this was a legal driveway or not. Okay. And I reached out to planning because I did it before in 2016 about this same property. And so I assumed that they had all that information from 2016. Nobody had a problem with the driveway at that time and the way it looked or the fence and screening that was there okay. in 2016. Okay, and, and do, you, do you know whether planning or anyone from the city has seen your current uh, fencing and said it's inadequate? They said that the screening was inadequate. That's what they wrote in their, at the end of the letter. It said that this was a legal driveway when the garage was there. Mm -hmm. But the um, current screening appears to be inadequate and suggested that I, I get a permit for uh, what I don't know, but I suggested I apply for a permit. And so when I called and emailed, nobody got back to me. Nobody said, yeah, you should try this or no, that fence is in inadequate. And then I started seeing it all around my neighborhood, the same material. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. You can be seated. We'll now hear from the planning department. 
Good evening, President Swig, members of the board. I'm Tina Tam, Deputy Zoning Administrator. 1367 San Bruno Avenue is a one and two story single family dwelling in the RH2 zoning district. The appellant is Grace Bacigalap-Lupe, the owner of the subject property. Grace filed an appeal to the letter of determination issued by the zoning administrator on August the 10th, 2023. This determination letter was issued at the request of Grace because she wanted to know if her current parking situation at 1367 San Bruno Avenue is legal or not. As referenced in the determination letter, her parking space that is located at the front of her property is legal. However, the fence is not. Pursuant to Planning Code Section 142, off-street parking must be screened from public streets and alley when not enclosed within a building. Typical examples of vehicular screening used includes solid or decorative fencing or gates. While Grace has a legal parking space at the front of her house, her fence, which is more than three feet in height, requires a building permit. Through permit research on the property, no such building permit was found. By Grace's own admission, the fence was installed after her one-story, one-car garage was demolished in 2001. While parking is technically not required, at least anymore now, Grace had, um, can still have her parking in front of her house um, because the area in front of her house is considered the buildable area of her lot. However, to comply with the planning code, Grace needs to have a permit and the planning department needs to review that permit to ensure there is adequate screening of the parking space. And I believe that's all, all the zoning administrator had tried to say in this letter of determination. Seeing that determination uh, letter did not represent an error in interpretation of the planning code, nor abuse in discretion by the zoning administrator, the department respectfully requests that the board deny the appeal and uphold the issuance of the letter of determination. That concludes my report. Thank you. We have a question from President Swick. Let's run through this quickly, because I, I saw this and I've seen a lot of things that probably should have been held, handled in the department and not in front of us, but this, this is pretty, pretty much up there. Um, so how tall is the fence? Um, I don't have any plans. Um, she didn't submit a permit or drawings. From the photograph, I'm guessing it's about five and a half feet, maybe okay. six. Does a, is a permit required? When is a permit required for a fence? Um, it's height? required uh, for a fence that's more than three feet in height. More than three, three or three feet in three or, th or more than three feet in height at the front. Okay, thanks. So, uh, so hearsay is that that she was told something different years and years ago and and put up a a, a fence. Um, and so, is this would this fence be otherwise uh, legal in your view? Uh, had she gotten a, a, a permit, and if so. Uh, can the can the department retroactively issue a permit uh, as we have seen done many many times for far more stranger reasons um, absolutely we approve fences over the counter quite often um, we would have to check for um, compatibility um, with the with the residential design guidelines I don't know the specifics about her materials she's using for her fence um, it's up it's been up for for decades so, I mean, this is what the silliness is all about. 
What's, what's going I, I on understand, here? but there's no permit for it. No one's ever I, reviewed for I it. And I, I can't just say, because it's been what there I'm for 30 years. Is, is a, this is a, 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 th a seven foot fence that from the, from, the, from the street looks like every other seven foot decent seven foot fence. What are we doing here? How can we handle this for this citizen in the most efficient of fashion as she has tried to outreach and get it done, yet somebody has not returned her call just simply to say, oh, you got a fence? Yes, you put it up without a permit. Let's get you a permit. And then answer the simple question, uh, is what is the appropriate materials to use to do the, the adequate screening? It, would that be as simple as pie? Uh, I believe so. She does need to start with filing a permit. Okay, we'll start with that. Absolutely, and that permit will be assigned to a planner, um, either at the counter or somebody who's been working with her already. I, I believe there's a planner who's who's been talking to her. I know she said otherwise, but there has been a planner working okay. with her. You'll provide her that name her. at the end of the the hearing. I can sure do that. Thank you. And what about the what about the screening? Now the screening. Uh, may not be adequate in the eyes of the department uh, or the best case scenario, but when you walk around the neighborhood as she had and she look, looks at publicly mm -hmm. owned buildings uh, that are owned by the city of San Francisco and points, well, if it's good enough for these, you know, these four schools, why isn't it good enough for my, my fence? What's, what's it looks not, like so some parts of it may be okay. okay. The, the wrought iron fence is something that we do see in residential neighborhoods, mm -hmm. um, but there's also other elements um, that I believe she has on her fence some sort of netting or a green tennis court material that she, I think, even demonstrated in her overhead for the school properties. Mm -hmm. And I'm not entirely sure those are compatible with residential buildings. But we, we can, that's not part of the determination letter per se. Um, that's a review that has to happen once the permit's filed. Okay, so in the interest of providing information to the, the appellant, uh, it, it may be the green tennis fence is good for schools, playgrounds, and, and other institutional public fences, but with regard to the residential design guidelines, that's not transferable. So it may be that she is required to get something different and she'll get that information from the individual that you'll, you'll provide that, that is correct. information to. Okay, because I think that I don't know why I don't know why this wasn't resolved earlier, but I'm trying my darndest to get this processed as quickly as possible. What it seems to me is a pretty simple, simple item. Thank you for your answers. Do you have anything to add to, to that for me? I don't, unless okay. others have questions for I me. I think Commissioner Trisvenia wants to ask you a question. Okay. Thank you, President Swigand, and I share your view and analysis of this. I'm not sure why the member of the public had to go through all this when it seems like she was willing to do what she wanted, what to, to comply with the law, just wanted to know what it was. But so on the letter of determination, as I read the first paragraph of page two, it says, while one, section 142 does not strictly require the screening in this circumstance, shouldn't that be a period and say, sincerely, planning department, 142 doesn't require it? Why, why is there anything else past that In the letter, you see that at the end, in the second, the first paragraph, the last sentence.
The, the last sentence in the first paragraph on page two reads, while section 142 does not strictly require the screening in this circumstance, past practice has been to do so. It's, is that right. the so sentence you're... Are, I, I thought the citizens are obligated to follow the code and the section. And this, here the letter says the section doesn't require it. So I would think that would be the end of the story. This is an interpretation of the code that was done in 2000. Um, my reading of the code that's published does say there's screening required for all vehicles that's not within a building um, from all viewpoints well, from the street and alleys. Okay, but we're talking about the August 2023 letter that says not strictly required under 142. And the letter also goes on to say that 142 requires screening within a building, in rear yards, and other interior areas. So which is this? Is, is it, it's not within the building. Why would 142 apply to this part of her property? My understanding is that she does have to comply. I'm, I'm, I can't explain the sentence at the end of the paragraph. My understanding is parking, screening for parking um, is required um, on the property if it's not within, the, within an enclosed building. Right, but the letter doesn't say that. So. I, 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 I feel for this member of the public who seeks advice, somehow gets into the letter of determination business. I don't know whether she requested it or uh, she re She requested it um, be because of the fact that there were a number of complaints filed on her property, um, including the existence of her curb cut um, in another department. I believe it's Public Works, I wanted to know and confirm with the city planning if that curb cut was in fact a legal curb cut because it would provide access to parking on her, on her property. But that's not in this letter, the curb cut. Right, that's the background she provided right. in her presentation. Right, so does the letter of determination process cost anybody anything? It does, it does. It's something that she elected to do. It wasn't required for her to do. She chose to do it because she wanted to have it in writing um, because it's appealable. That's, and, okay. Well, and, um, the picture that she showed us appeared to cover her, appeared to block the view of what was inside the, beyond the fence. And doesn't that comply with the code of fully screening? Does the net comply with adequate screening? Well, which, Is that the, the question? The picture she showed us mm -hmm. was 
from the street, the screening, and her behind the screening. And all you could see was when she puts her hands all the way up, then you could see her hands. Right. Would, At is, nighttime, that a, is that an example of fully screening from the street? Um, there were photos that we also have in the file that shows the, um, the vehicle that's parked in the parking space in the evening where, where the lights were turned on, where you can see the parking, see the vehicle. Um, so it, it, was, it was still visible through the netting, the screening, but I'm not sure what you want to call it. So it, you say this was done at night? Um, there were some photographs taken sort of in the, maybe in the, in the early evening where the door was closed or the gate was closed and you can see the vehicle behind it. So there was some aspects of... I sure hope nobody from the city was getting overtime to go out there and take pictures. No, they were provided to us by the applicant. Okay. All right. Thank you. Can I ask? A, President Swig has one more question. I got, I got one more question because I, I just want to get this. I want to get this thing resolved, uh, and we have we have rebuttal, but I might as well ask a question now. Okay, if we if if we uphold the appeal, if we find for the appellant, what happens? Then she has to go to get a permit to to affirm that the offense is okay and and get affirmation that she either has to change the the op opacity of the of the fence or not is that is this, this is just a letter of determination it's not the permit we're not right. talking about no, a no, permit no, no, or no, even no. the fence we're talking about the determination made by the zoning administrator in his reading of the planning code whether right. so, number one a permit is required for a fence right and we're saying yes it is right and is the parking legal or not and we're saying yes it is but you have to provide adequate screening okay so if we if we deny the appeal th that's what she has to do she has to get a permit for a fence that's already built that seems to be pretty okay and maybe as part of that the planner which whose name you will provide to mrs bashkalupi will will determine what material she has to use that's if we deny the appeal if we uphold the appeal what the, what i'm seeing is that the fence is, is still illegal, so she's going to get an NOV, right? That says you got to put a, you got to get a permit. So, so the best thing that we can do to move this along is deny her appeal, which is going to make, and then you're going to give Mrs. Bachigalupi the name of the planner. She's going to go to the planner and say, "I already have a fence." Planner's going to look look at the fence and say, "Yeah, you do." But that screening may not be the right screening. Give her clarity on what she has to do and, and put her on the path to get the permit so we're all done. Is that, am I oversimplifying this? No, that's pretty much it. It's a pretty simple LOD to begin with. Um, Which is why I'm wondering why we're here in the first place, but that's... that's it's it's appealed by the applicant. Okay. And, um, and we're required to be here. So we're doing our best to go ahead and explain the requirements to the property owner. We want her to be in compliance. We don't want her to have a fence or any aspects of her property that's not complying with the code. Um, we flagged this because an anonymous complaint filed questioning about what's this corporate doing here? Is there really parking? And if there's parking, is it legal? So we helped her by saying, we're gonna put this in writing. You have a legal parking space. You don't have to be you know, worried about removing it if you wanna keep that parking space, but please provide adequate screening. That's all we're saying. 
So the odds are the fence is going to say they're going to say okay on the fence. Mm -hmm. the, the, there's the potential that she's going to get new screen, has to put in new screening, and then you'll issue a permit, and we'll all march forward happily ever after. Right. Okay. She keeps her parking and she keeps a nice fence. Thank you, Commissioner. I have a question. Um, yes, in, in the interest of jump-starting this as much as possible, can you give some examples of what may qualify as adequate screening if the tennis court material does not? I, I mentioned earlier that we have seen vehicular screening that includes solid or decorative fencing, wood slats, um, wood, wood fence. You know, if she wants it semi-open, she can maybe leave some of the top part open. There's a whole, um, um, you know, way, many ways to design a fence. Um, we have architects in the department who's willing to help out if she needs design assistant. I think the architect rejected her as well. I'm not kind of surprised that she's saying no one's talking to her. But I talked to the architect. He recalls talking to her. And so we're more than willing to sit down and say, here are some of the options that you can have that meets the planning code, is compatible with the neighborhood character, and is consistent with the guidelines. Okay, thank you. Thank you. No further questions. Does the Department of Building Inspection want to weigh in on this? No? Okay. Thank you. We will now move on to public comment. Is there anyone here for public comment on this item? I don't see anyone in the room or on Zoom. So we will move on to rebuttal. And we'll hear from the appellant first. Ms. Bachi Galupi, you have three minutes to address the board. Okay, well, in 19, uh, 2000, it, the, it wasn't um, required. There was no permit required at that time. And I checked. <clears throat> Even um, about 10 years ago, if you Googled it, it said that any fence 72 inches or less in San Francisco didn't require a permit. So for 23 years, it hasn't been a problem. Now it is, I guess. And so I'm a little confused why nobody could tell me that, it, a little clearer on the letter of determination. I uh, applied for it in May, and I didn't get it until August, and this just feels like I'm running in circles, I think. So that's all I have to say. Thank you. President Swig? Um, based on my line of questioning to planning, are you clear that there is a pathway forward? You may, you may, you may get your, your appeal denied, but that's just a pathway forward. That, that planning will provide you with a pathway forward with a name. And also, uh, compliance issues change. And sometimes there are members of the public who choose to not be happy with their neighbors mm -hmm. and anonymously put in a complaint. And that's what triggers something. And unfortunately, in your case, uh, you're, you're being forced to respond to that complaint and uh, with something that may not be in compliance today as it was 30 years ago. So are you, are you clear to a pathway forward on this, which I see now is there? Well, I guess my biggest concern is if uh, my, my appeal is denied, does that mean I can no longer appeal their choices? I, what, 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 um, I guess I, that's... I would ask, uh, again, in, uh, uh, I'm going to ask the... I've asked uh, the Department of Planning to have a dialogue with you tonight to give you a, uh, a, a planner to, to, to talk to. They will give you... A direction relate to directly relate to what is compliant, what is not compliant, and you will be expected to re respond to to that. And I would say once you get that advisory, um, 
Would I be able to appeal it later? Uh, I, 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 you, you, you can appeal anything you want, but I, I would, based on my experience on this, you're going to get some clear direction finally, okay. as I see fit, as I see f in this case, on what your offense should be on a compliant level. They will give you options as to what is going to make it, make that car, uh, make that fence opaque so that a car is not seen. And that's going to be the story. And pr probably with, with that direction and those choices, uh, filing an appeal won't get you very far. That was a question okay. in my, one of my emails. Okay. So Does there, it need to be opaque? There, there you go. Uh, but we have, a, we have a commitment tonight from planning that they're going to help you. So Thank I, you. I trust planning will help you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank all you, right. all of you. Thank you. No further questions. We'll hear from the planning department. Thank you. I'd like to go ahead and clarify a little bit about what happened in early 2000. Um, in 2001, before the, the one-story, one-car garage was demolished, um, the owners of the property submitted a permit to rebuild, to demolish the, the garage structure because it was in bad condition and to build a new garage structure in its place. Um, after multiple um, efforts on the part of the planning department, to, um, to, to, to move the permit forward. The last comment and the final comment that was sent out with, with no response from the owner was, um, if you're gonna demolish the existing 96 square foot garage and replace it with an 80 square foot garage structure, that would reduce the level of compliance for parking. So we recommend that you either retain the garage and repair it as needed or replace it with other co-complying off-street parking. Please revise your building permit accordingly. So to hear her say, I've never heard of a building permit, what building permit are you asking for? It's difficult because we have documentation that tells us we've been reach, trying to reach her and work with her for a very long time in trying to go ahead and get something that's co-complying on her property regarding her parking. Um, we believe what we said in the LOD is correct. You need a building permit. It's specified in all our um, publications, our internet, and you can ask the planner. They would confirm that a building permit is required for any fence that's three feet or higher um, in the front of your property. Um, and furthermore, if you're going to use that fence to screen your parking, that fence has to be reviewed to make sure that you do have adequate screening per 142 and that um, it is designed in a way that's compatible with the character of the neighborhood. That's all we're saying. It's a simple case of offense, but um, I can see how it's taking up a lot of our time. Um, that's not our intention, and we'll be more than happy to go ahead and work with the owner to go ahead and make sure that she does provide a fence that meets the code and it's consistent with the guidelines. Thank you. Thank you. Um, would, you, you would now agree that we both got you in the same room. Uh, you've had some help in conversation uh, w with this. We have a solution, which is please provide her with a planner's name. Um, forget the past. Let's forget the finger pointing. There's a fence to be affirmed or, uh, or changed. Let's get it done. Then you all don't have to talk to each other ever again. So, and because she'll have a compliant fence, she'll have the appropriate, correct? She will, will she have the compliant fence? Will she have a opaque 
a proper op opacity for that fence, and then we don't have to talk to each other again. When you and you can give our proper permit, correct? I'm here. The planner's here. Um, the zoning administrator's here. So we're more than happy to go ahead and let's rock, provide that let's information. Let's rock and roll. So our, our your determination is we should deny the appeal. And with that, automatically, you'll have a conversation that you'll determine properly what, what permit should be issued, and then they can move forward, correct? Yes. Okay, cool. Thanks. Okay, thank you. So, commissioners, this matter is submitted. And just as a reminder, the standard of review is error or abuse of discretion. A quick motion that we deny the appeal as the, uh, the letter of determination uh, seems to be appropriate and issued properly. Okay. The zoning administrator did not err or abuse his discretion. That, exactly. Thank you for filling that okay. in. I believe Mr. Tresman, do you have a comment? I, I, I do. I disagree that this is a letter that should be upheld. From my reading, I, for, first of all, as I think I've made clear, I don't think the member of the public, Ms. Batchigalupi, should have had to go through this whole process to begin with. It seems to me she just wanted some advice and guidance that now the department is saying they can provide. I, I think highly of the department representatives who, who come before us, but the department itself just dropped the ball in terms of public uh, service. The letter itself, and, and so that's my view, but on, on the letter itself, where the letter says what 142 does not strictly require the screening in this circumstance, that should be the end of it. The reason why I think this letter should not be upheld is because the letter then the letter itself contradicts itself by saying, oh, well, 142 sort of does. It also says that 142 applies to screening within a building, in rear yards, and other interior areas. That's, that's, what the, that's the determination letter that's before us. It's, it is either contradicted by Ms. Tam or it's, or, or it's wrong. Uh, because they are now applying 142 to the circumstance, which is neither in the building, nor a rear yard, nor, nor, an, uh, nor other interior area. Uh, and it, it just, um, there, there's, there's another concern I have about, about this whole process. Um, but for those reasons, I would not uphold the letter. Mm -hmm. um, let me give you some feedback on that. So that's why I asked what's going to happen uh, if we if we uphold the appeal, um, I'm not disagreeing with you in that it was a what are we doing here in the first place, um, and that uh, somebody had some a problem talking to somebody, uh, and on a project on something that should have been far more efficient, we shouldn't be spending 45 minutes on this. Uh, but what's going to happen is, and you heard it because that's why I asked the question, is most likely. Uh, as this fence is now in public view, has been publicly noticed by the, the department, there's probably going to be an NOV. And th then she's going to have to go through the whole, the same thing that we're enabling right now, which is she's going to have to go talk to the planning department, go talk to the same planner, get exactly the same feedback, and do, do what's according to the planning department. So al although I don't disagree with you, the path of least resistance here is to is to deny the appeal uh, uh, and and let the permit process take place without having to go through another step, which is serving an NOV and 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 more bureaucratic activity. So that's uh, I don't disagree with you 
on many of your points, but I think the path of least resistance is that we deny the appeal. And uh, we've made introductions tonight. They see each other face to face. They have a process to move forward. So let's get let's get rocking. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's well, that's uh, and I don't disagree with many of your points, but let's get rocking. Well, I, I, I greatly appreciate your both intention and ability to bring the parties together tonight. And I, and I fully endorse the path that you have described that Ms. Tam seems to agree with and the, Ms. Bajikalubi I think would, would agree with as well. However, in terms of, in terms of the, what Sephora is, is this letter, I think, I think our endorsement of the letter would make it more difficult for uh, members of the public in the future to get the service that they need by endorsing the letter, so that's why I would withhold my support for the letter and respectfully vote no on the motion uh, that you have suggested. Okay, Commissioner Epler. No, I, I understand uh, that concern. The the one thing that that changes it a little bit in my mind is that, you know, the letter does not itself say that with respect to this particular circumstance that Section 142 does not strictly require the screening. Um, what it is that circumstance where those words are is a quotation from the zoning interpretation from 2000 where the zoning administrator determined that, you know, looking at the residential design guidelines and the code in totality that adequate screening is necessary in a front area. And so it's, you know, <laughs> unfortunately the page break is where the page break is and that colon sits out there empty and it, you know, it, it's not from a typographic standpoint an easy way to understand precisely what's going on right there. But, um, you know, this, it's not this letter then that would be at fault. It would be the December 2000 uh, zoning uh, interpretation. And so long as that stands, that's going to be the guidance and the interpretation that's given by the planning department in this sort of circumstance. So even if we were to get rid of this letter, we will not have fixed that problem that you identified. Anybody else? Oops, sorry, anybody else? Commissioner Trisvigny, I just wanted to add too that part of this letter is good for her because it establishes that there's a legal parking space, at the, which is one of the reasons she sought the letter. So you could amend the LOD if you wanted to, but if you overturned it, then it would also be taking away her determination that it's a legal parking spot. I'm not saying I disagree with you on 142. I'm just saying you might not want to overturn the whole thing because parts, part of the letter is what she wants. You're always very, very creative and authoritative, and I appreciate that. I think the votes are there to uphold, to uphold the letter, and uh, I, I would hope that, uh, that as President Swig says, this is the last time we will see uh, anything having to do with this fence uh, before us. I, I, I really hope, and I think, I think we all hope that. The planning department can adequately address the questions of this member of the public and uh, to to her satisfaction uh, so um, I will not uh, I, I will respectfully vote against the motion uh, and we'll leave it at that okay so we have a motion from President Swig to deny the appeal 
and uphold the letter of determination on the basis that the zoning administrator did not err or abuse his discretion. On that motion, Commissioner Trisvina? No. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. So that motion carries three to zero and the appeal is denied. Three to, three to one. I'm sorry, three to one. My apologies, three to one and the appeal is denied. So um, that concludes this matter and if you could connect with Ms. Tam, she can help you with information. Thank you. So we are now moving on to item number four. This is jurisdiction request number 23-2, subject property at 2442 Great Highway. Letter from Great Highway LLC requester asking that the board take jurisdiction over alteration permit number 2022-0118-6097, which was issued on May 2nd, 2022. The appeal period ended on May 17th, 2022, and the jurisdiction request was filed at the board office on September 15, 2023. The permit holder is Stora Highway LLC, and the permit description is interior remodel of two residential units, number one and number three, front facade alterations. So, um, Commissioner Trisvina, I see your name is up. Did you want to say something? No? Okay. Thank you. So, we will hear from the requester first. Mr. Brawl, welcome. You have three minutes. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is Tony Brawl from Great Highway LLC. Uh, I'm here to uh, to be able to open the appeal period as we know our tenants received any notice about the subject windows from 2442 Great Highway, which looks into multiple windows in our building located at 2448 Great Highway. As you can see in the photos, uh, Alec, if you could show the photos, as as you could show, as you could see in the photos, our building is recessed, and they can these two windows, which we had absolutely no idea uh, that they were building it. In fact, they started building it from from inside secretly until they needed our help to be able to finish a frame on the outside. It direct, directly look into our multiple tenant windows. This is at Great Highway, looking uh, facing the ocean, so people care about their privacy. And, and these windows perpendicular to, to our building, multiple windows. This is a 20-unit building, and uh, it's ruining the privacy. We understand building 2448 uh, Great Highway has materially affected our tenants and their privacies. We would like to be able to open the appeal uh, and have our concerns to be considered as well as uh, vo our voices and the tenant voices to be heard in regards to the effect that these two windows are having and the negative effect to the building and to, to our tenants. Uh, privacy is a fundamental aspect of the comfortable living environment, especially in this beach community. Currently, the layout and design of our uh, units afford our tenants to have a certain level of privacy, which is important for our tenants' daily lives and well-being. The installation of the new windows at 2442 Great Highway has compromised any privacy in multiple ways, such as reduced sense of security, increased visibility from the new <clears throat> window into our tenants uh, that makes them feel less secure in their own home. Uh, especially during the nighttime hours. Our building was built back in 1905, and we've never had such an attempt 
to have the privacy rooms on a whole bunch of windows that are facing the ocean. 30 seconds left. You have 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, also, I would like to bring up the work uh, for the installation for the windows as well as the removal of, uh, removal of possible asbestos. In one of the photos, uh, we mentioned to, to, to the owner of 2442 that that looks like asbestos. And next thing we know, uh, you know, there was asbestos, as you see those yellow, uh, yellow looking sidings. The building was built back in the 1960s. Thank, thank you. Thank you. That's time. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Lemberg has a question. Thank you, Mr. Brawl. I, I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, number one, when did those side windows, when were they installed? I'm sorry, he's on mute right now. Mr. Brawl, can you unmute yourself, please? There you go. Okay, yes. Uh, they were installed not too long ago. Uh, well, they told us we had a conversation with the owner of 2442 Great Highway. They wanted our help to put the scaffold and uh, they, they, they kind of their contract, or not the owner, the contractor kind of told us they're gonna install windows. And we said, windows, what do you mean windows? What windows? And, and then uh, they told us, well, you know, we have approved plans for windows and we're gonna put it in no matter what. And we said, well, we never knew about this, you know? Uh, they said, well, we're gonna put it in anyways. So we said, well, you can't have access to any scaffold on our property. And, Next thing we know, you know, there's a there's a lift, as you see one of the photos, finishing off the, the completion of the windows from the outside, from the exterior. And then as I said, they had already done all the work without anybody noting, noticing, and I understand there's no noticing required for this permit, and maybe it was done over the counter. But I don't know, at the time when the planning department approved this, they realized the consequences of opening two windows, looking directly into a bunch of windows. And, and people are there just like, I'm sure the owner of 2442, remodeling to enjoy the ocean and privacy, all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're putting the windows to ruin the privacy I, for a whole, whole I, bunch of other people. I appreciate the, I appreciate your concerns, Mr. Ball, um, but I, Ultimately, I, I don't think you really answered my question, which is when you actually, when, when these windows first appeared, when, when you appeared, became aware of them. A few weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Okay. Um, then my next question is, and I, I, we unfortunately didn't have a full brief from you in this matter, but we did have a statement of appeal or whatever it's called. Um, uh, and in that statement of appeal, it says that you approved the neighbor, the, the, the subject building here to put scaffolding on your building, which to me implies that you knew about the fact that work was being done on the neighboring building. Is that not correct? It is not correct. They, they asked for waterproofing and only waterproofing to be done to their building. They needed access. We gave them access being a good neighbor. They told us it'll be done in about a week. Uh, they dragged their feet. Uh, probably for three, four weeks before they took the scaffold off. There was no mention of the windows back then, absolutely none. When they reached back to us again for the scaffolding, and it, you know, the contractor mentioned we're going to be putting windows, and we said, wait a minute, nobody has ever talked about any windows. When was ever part of the plan? And they said, well, you know, we've done it from inside. It's already put in. We just need to expose it to the outside. 
And that's why we told them that, you know, we're not going to give you any permission to, to put up a scaffold. Then next thing we know, uh, that, that picture was taken maybe two weeks ago, two to three weeks ago, that they, they had a lift from the sidewalk. Did, did you ever ask your neighbor to see the plans? We, we asked them for the plans, and they just sent us a small portion of the window. They never sent us, they never shared us with us, the whole set of the plans. We reached out to the planning department to see, and they referred us to other agencies, and, and we were told that, you know, we need the architect's permission to get plans. They, they can't, you know, they can't just uh, share, the, share the plans with us. So, so we've never really got a copy of the plans, they never told us the scope of the work as to what they're planning to do. Uh, and, and I understand that, you know, there's, there's no notice, 311 notice or any type of notice required. But, you know, I, I appreciate looking into these matters and looking into tenants who've been there many, many years. This is their home. And they feel like the privacy is ruined with, with absolutely no notice. Okay. Thank you. Thank you're you. Welcome. We'll now hear from the permit holder, Representative Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Good evening, uh, President Swig, members of the board. I'm Tom Tunney of Ruben Junius and Rose on behalf of the project sponsor and the property owner, Michael Horvath. <clears throat> Sorry, I have trouble with my voice tonight. Um, the uh, subject permit, Mr. Horvath's a permit holder. The subject permit is for interior remodel of two of the four units at the property and alterations of front and side facades. Um, I'm happy to talk about the, the windows and the privacy issues raised by the neighbor, but um, a request for jurisdiction, I wanna point out, is an exceptional remedy, um, especially in a case like this, a year and a half uh, almost after the permit was issued. Uh, the board is very clear uh, and the board's rules are very clear about when a jurisdiction request is to be granted. It is, quote, in extraordinary cases where the board finds that the city intentionally or inadvertently caused the requester to be late in filing the appeal. That's rules of the board, Article 5, Section 10A. Uh, the, the requester has acknowledged himself that there was no uh, notice required, uh, that there was no mistake in <clears throat> the city's procedures, they in no way caused the uh, requester to be late in filing the appeal. That's really the end of the inquiry under the board's rules. Um, out of, in, in, in the interest of full disclosure, we showed you in our papers uh, the windows in question. The, the, the windows and the entire project were reviewed properly and approved by planning we showed you the, the sign-off and the permit tracking system by the planner. It's a respected planner, Edgar Oropesa. He saw the drawings. He saw the windows. And we showed you from the photos uh, the lack of impact on the neighbor's building by the photos. I, I, again, that's not part of the consideration. We understand naturally. Uh, you'd be curious. Anybody would. Um, I, we feel like the, the neighbor 
is making this out to be more than it is. Um, it's just not at an angle where it impacts seconds. the privacy of the neighbors. The, uh, the neighbor has filed a complaint about these windows already. That, that complaint was inspected and, um, <clears throat> and dismissed. We think that's the proper route for uh, a situation like this. We're happy to talk with the neighbor about the project and any concerns he may have. Okay, thank, thank you. you. I don't see any questions. Oh, Commissioner Trezvina, I'm sorry, Mr. Tunney. I, I just have one quick question. Uh, I, I was not aware until you mentioned it that there was a complaint from the neighbor. Can you yeah. tell us whether the neighbor, are you referring to the owner of the property or are you referring to an attendant? No, it was the owner. The owner, thank you. Yes. Okay, thank you. We'll now hear from the planning department. Thank you, Tina Tam, once again for the planning department. 2442 Great Highway is a three-story, four-unit building in the RM1 zoning district. The subject property ending with the four digits, 6097, was filed in January 2022. And as you heard, the permit is to remodel the interior of two units, units number one and number three, and alter the front facade. Seeing there's no change to the unit count, nor an increase in the size or the envelope of the existing building, no neighborhood notification was required. The planner also noted in the permit tracking that there was no BBNN, which means block book notation, nor any planning complaint at that time on the property. The permit was approved over the counter by planning, and after DBI reviewed and signed off, the permit was issued on May 2nd, 2022. The jurisdiction request is from Tony Brawl, the property owner of 2444-2448 Great Highway, which is the adjacent 20-unit apartment complex directly to the south. Tony is concerned about the two new windows. Tony believes that the two new windows will impact the tenant's privacy. Tony also is concerned about future work and believes that there is work without permit. Tony did not provide any evidence, so it's unclear as to what those illegal work may be. Judging from the Google Street View, work on the subject permit has commenced as it was properly reviewed and issued more than 17 months ago. Given the location of Tony's apartment complex being set back from the front property line, the two new windows will be set back more than 10 feet away and will not be facing directly onto the windows on Tony's apartment building. Seeing the city did not intentionally or inadvertently cause the request to be late in filing an appeal, the department respectfully asks that the board deny the jurisdiction request. That concludes my report. Happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Commissioner Lumber. Thank you, Ms. Tam. Um, I, I just have one question, and that is on the planning report from the, uh, from the planning report, it does state that the front facade was to be altered, um, but what is notably absent to me there is that the side of the building is to be altered as well. And I believe that the windows in question are on the side of the building and not would not be considered part of the front facade. Is that correct? No, the front facade includes the, the side part that's visible from the street due to the fact that the neighboring property to the south, the jurisdiction requester's property is set back. And the permit really goes along with the plans 
So in order to go ahead and see what those changes are to the front facade, whether it's just the front on one elevation or also the turn that you can see from the street, that's documented on the plans themselves. So the, the definition of what constitutes a front facade is based on the setback of the neighboring building? No, what you can see from the street. What you can see from the street. I'm gonna go ahead and put up some photographs of the property, if that helps. Okay. This is the overhead, please. This is the, um, how the building used to look like before construction. This is the subject property. This is the jurisdiction requester's property that's set back from the front. This is the front facade. It includes the front elevation and the part that's on the side that you can see from the street. So I understand that that's what it would look like from that angle, but if I'm standing right between those two buildings, you could see all the way to the back on either side, right? And would that also be considered front facade under this definition? Uh, I'm sorry, repeat that one more time, all if, the way to the side. If I'm standing side. between those two buildings, okay, uh, right in here. front of them, looking down, I, I think there's a little bit of an alleyway there. Nope. Is there not? Okay. Nope. Oh, okay. I assumed there was. <laughs> so they're directly adjacent. There's no, no space between those two buildings? That's correct. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll now hear from the Department of Building Inspection. Uh, good evening, President Sway Commissioners. I'm Matthew Green, representing the Department of Building Inspection tonight. Um, the permit before you is to remodel two units in a four-unit building. It was issued on May 2nd, 2022, after review and approval by all the relevant city agencies. Um, there was no DBI notification. Uh, DBI notifies neighbors when there's a uh, demolition permit or when there's a vertical or horizontal addition. So this did not apply. Um, there have been a dozen building inspections since the first, since the permit was issued. The first was in July of 2022 uh, for the foundations, and the most recent was on September 27th for shear wall nailing. Um, there was a complaint filed about the windows. It was filed on August 16th. Um, our building inspector went out there and confirmed, uh, met with superintendent, verified all new and existing windows are per approved permit application at all locations and at all levels. Um, that site visit was August 24th of this year. Um, the property line windows are allowed with the understanding that there is no right to keep the windows should the adjacent property owner choose to build to the property line. Um, you may recall a couple of months ago we had a presentation here on property line windows. So this is, they've followed all the procedures here. Uh, they have a recorded document with that understanding. Um, the permit was issued properly. The project is proceeding at a steady pace. Um, DBI recommends that the um, jurisdiction re request be denied. Um, I would just like to address one comment that the appellant made. Um, he, he mentioned that he needs architect's approval to get the plans. Um, you can view the plans at DBI, but if you want copies of the plans, you need the architect's um, approval since they are copyrighted material or copyrighted work product. Um, I'm available for any questions you may have. Thank you, Commissioner Epler. Um, you said that the window complaint was filed on August 24th. Is that is that correct? Did I hear that right? Uh, the complaint was filed on August 16th. Our, oh, August 16th. Uh, site, inve in, our site inspection was August 24th. Okay. August 16th, thank you. Um, and did that complaint include the lot line windows? Uh, yes, this, um, would you like me to put the complaint up? You can read the Yeah, that'd be great, complaint. thank you. Overhead, please. 
Can you read that? <laughs> so basically, the complaint is. Um, if you could speak into the microphone, oh, please. Me. Thank you. The complaint is um, on the southern side of their building, they are planning to install windows that would take away from the privacy for the apartment complex next door. We would like to have the windows on the south side of the building to be canceled, as that is the way it has been since the building was built. And we are getting pushback and concerns from residents in regards to the installation of these windows on the side. So uh, th this complaint was received on the, on the website. Uh, the DBI website uh, was assigned to a building inspector. And he, uh, David Areza, the building inspector for the area, did, did do a site visit on August 24th. And, and, and I will note out that note that that says that the date that this condition was, was last observed was on the, the day prior to the uh, filing of the complaint. So that was the 15th. That's right. Uh, um, excuse me? I I've said I, I'll also note that it says that the date this condition was last observed by the complainant was on the 15th, so oh, the day before. Yeah. Sure. So, okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's part, you, you file a complaint on the right. internet and then our, we review it and it gets transferred. So it's a day, a lag, a day of yeah. lag time there. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. No further questions. So we are now moving on public comment. Um, is there anyone in the room who would like to provide public comment? If you could come up here, please. Sir, in the plaid, did you also want to provide public comment? Because you could move up as well. And then after you're done, if you could fill out a speaker card so we can have your name, that'd be great. Thank you. So please go ahead. You have three minutes. Hello. My name's Anthony Settles. I'm a resident of uh, apartment 2448 Great Highway. I've been in the building for 15 years now. Um, my complaint um, is more than just the windows. It, it, it actually has to do with, first of all, never receiving notice of this project taking place. They say they're only doing work on the facade of the building. That is not true. They're doing work on the roof of the building as well. Um, I've seen dangerous practices done by the contractor on this job site. When they were installing those windows, they hit a public mailbox with the equipment they were using, and they actually broke the mailbox off the ground. They did not report that to anybody. I have a picture of the broken mailbox that I can show you guys. Overhead, please. Overhead. Mm -hmm. Can I have the overhead, please? Thank you. So as you can see there, um, that's the mailbox being snapped off the ground. Um, this, is, this, this is work taking place on the roof, but I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, there are the brush marks on the side of the mailbox from where their lift struck the mailbox. When they were using that lift, they had no fall protection. They had nobody on the sidewalk protecting pedestrians. Uh, tenants and public were walking directly under their lift as it was being in use while the windows were being installed. Um, and also, they've uh, continually thrown material and debris off the third story roof without anything on the ground for it to go into, straight to the sidewalk, and without letting any of the residents or public know what's going on. Um, my, my second issue is the work taking place on the roof. Um, it has been told to me by the contractor that they are installing a rooftop patio and a solar array. This is going to uh, invade my privacy because it's going to give tenants in that building the ability to look directly into my bedroom window and my living room. Um, I can show you pictures of that work that is taking place right now. 
Uh, just a second. Sorry about this. I pause time. Overhead, please. There's a picture of a, an individual doing work on the roof. There's the, all, all their uh, mounts for their solar arrays. They say that these solar arrays are going to stand six feet high and face directly towards my apartment. So not only will it be blocking my view, but it's going to reflect a lot of light and a lot of heat, and it's going to totally con change the condition of my apartment that I've been used to living in. Um, you and have then, 30 cents uh, left. Yeah. The, my main issue is just the huge invasion of privacy and, and with not, being, not being informed of any of this work going on. Uh, basically, when I spoke to the contractor, his answer to me was, was when I asked him a question, he says, you know what, we're just going to let the lawyers deal with it. And I thought that was very, very rude way to treat your neighbor. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Anthony, if you could fill out the speaker card to the right, then we'll get your name correct for the minutes. Thank you. Please go ahead. You have three minutes. Hi, I'm Gary Anderson. Um, I'm a resident at 2448 Great Highway. Uh, I'm in apartment 12, which, was, which is on the fourth floor. Um, I've been watching the progress of all this construction going on, and as Anthony said, all the unsafe work practices. Uh, being in construction myself, I'm appalled by what's happening there. My concern is this permit. Um, I took a... The first time I ever saw the permit, it, may, it does mention that there's going to be some uh, over, uh, a roof deck and some patio work on top of the, the third story, which would directly affect my privacy. I've been watching this contractor come in. My windows are directly there. They're, they're constant. All day long, they're standing out working right outside my window. Um, I, can show you, I can show you real quick. Overhead, please. This is where the roof um, construction is being done. And this is right out my window. Now they're talking about putting up a roof, a, a patio, a screen. I, I don't know what it is. I guess I'm here more curious uh, than anything what they're trying to do with the roof. I know they're, I see where they're already set up for the solar panels. You can see that on the back side, but the front side is right where my apartment is. I don't know if they're putting in a screened-in deck or if they're going up or... I just have questions on what the permit is. And I do have a picture on here of the day I first saw the permit, which was back in May. It said that there was a chance to appeal back in, like, March, but I've never noticed... I've never even noticed this... Um, permit being posted. It was never posted. And I walk, I walk past that building every day. I would have seen it. So previously, it sounded like there was a chance to appeal, but nobody, nobody even saw the permit. Um, so I guess also with the side windows, those, that's definitely um, an invasion of privacy. I, I look I, as soon as it's window to window is, is what it is. And not to mention the light pollution that we're getting off of that building now. I don't know if the beach community is real quiet, dark. It's it's nice. It's right on the ocean, and now all of a sudden we got light you have pollution. Thirty seconds left. From a from another building lighting up our building at night. 
Also, my question, I, I have questions on what is actually happening on the roof. I, I, like I said, I, I know there's um, solar panels being installed. I, I see it all set up for that. But the whole front side is, is a question to me. And whatever's happening there, I would definitely like to, um, uh, you know, I, I don't want it to happen because it, it's going to invade my privacy totally and make me feel insecure in my place. Th that's all. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. If you could fill out a speaker card. Thank you. So, commissioners, this matter submitted. Oh, and let me just double check. Is there any other public comment on Zoom? No? Okay. Commissioners, this matter submitted. Uh, who wants to start? Commissioner Trezvino. Th thank you, President Swig. I'm... Um, until I heard the public comments, I was pretty. I thought I was pretty clear on what was going on here. As I understand from the city agencies, they're saying it is interior work and the front facade. How the front can be the side, and how the public's supposed to know the front is a side, I don't get that. But what I am concerned about is that the we're talking the the public. Complainants are talking about work being done on the roof, which does not appear to be in the description of what the city was telling us. So, if there's still an opportunity to ask uh, either one of our city representatives, I would want to get that clarified. Um, there is a permit for the solar installation. I believe there's going to be a jurisdiction. Uh, request on that permit as well in the next in two weeks or so. So there's a permit for the solar um, installation. There's a filed permit for a roof deck that hasn't been approved yet. So um, that work should not be the solar work should be going forward, but the work for the deck should not be going forward. And I, I will have an inspector investigate whether they started that work early or not. But it's not subject to this permit. Um, before so, us today. So is the correct message to members of the public and to the owner of the other building that they will have an opportunity or they currently have an opportunity to uh, make their concerns known about that separate permit? Uh, well, I think it's already on the calendar for the solar uh, permits. They a jurisdiction request. Sorry, a jurisdiction request for the solar permit. Um, the other permit, yes, it will be. It's another appealable permit. It has not been approved or issued yet. Thank you. Well, as then, then that is separate from this proceeding. As for this proceeding, uh, I'm I'm not convinced that the city has has uh, done the things that would allow us to take jurisdiction. Um. Alec, anything? Nope. Sorry, uh, I I concur with uh, Commissioner Trasvinia. I I don't. I, I think there is recourse here for the neighbors, for sure. I just don't think it's this particular uh, remedy being sought here. Um, and I think certainly the neighbors are now on notice that uh, work is being done and to, uh, you know, kind of look out for what's going on uh, with this project next door. And I think DBI is as well. Um, but I don't, I, I agree with Commissioner Trezvenia that I don't think uh, it would be appropriate for us to take jurisdiction over this particular appeal. Commissioner Epler. I concur with the opinions of my fellow commissioners. Would you like to make a motion? 
Why not? Uh, I move that we deny the jurisdiction request because the city uh, took no actions to prejudice the uh, requester. You want to say did not intentionally or inadvertently cause the requester to be late in filing the appeal? Those would be the actions. Okay. Isn't that what he said? I thought. Okay. <laughs> just uh, I'd just like to make one comment. Um, thank you to the public for showing up and, and making your thoughts known. Um, uh, unfortunately, the permit period lapsed, and there was really no, but nothing that got in anybody's way to um, uh, at, uh, to to file a complaint at that at po an appeal at that time. Uh, what I suggest, uh, which has already been suggested to you, is that if you're worried about a roof deck, you've been noticed that they're talking about it. Uh, so pay attention. Uh, if you would like to know how to pay attention more closely, gain access to a website, gain access to information related to that potential permit, uh, then I'm. Then we have folks in the room. Tina sitting right there at that desk, and she can uh, inform you about the t the timing that may occur on that uh, that permit, and when to and when and how to file an, uh, an appeal if you wish. Okay. Thank you. Um, Thank with you. That. So we have a motion from Commissioner Epler to deny the request on the basis that the city did not intentionally or inadvertently cause the requester to be late in filing the appeal. On that motion, Commissioner Trezvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries four to zero and the request is denied. We are now moving on to item number five. This is appeal number 23-040, the Jug Shop versus Department of Public Health, subject property, 1648 Pacific Avenue. Appealing the issuance on August 18, 2023, to the Jug Shop of a notification of tobacco permit denial, denial of a retail to tobacco sales permit. This is EHD ID number 11992, and we will hear from the appellant first. Welcome. You have seven minutes. Hi. Uh, hello, President Swig, uh, board members. I'm Michael Priolo, owner of the Jug Shop, purveyors of fine wines and spirits in San Francisco. Uh, the Jug Shop is appealing the denial by the Department of Public Health for the retail tobacco sales permit at 1648 Pacific Avenue. Uh, that was effective August 18, 2023. Um, the Jug Shop is an independent, family-owned business established in 1965 and is a proud San Francisco legacy business. Um, we have sold tobacco products throughout our long history. And in June of 2021, our business was displaced from a 15-year location at 1590 Pacific Avenue. Um, and it was due to a large mixed-use development amidst the COVID pandemic. Uh, we secured a temporary home in close proximity, just a half block away at 1648 Pacific Ave. And, uh, and we moved uh, in, in June 9th of 2021. Uh, let's see, we've endured over two years of temporary relocation. Uh, it's proven to be uh, you know, extremely detrimental to the business. And um, the loss of our cigarette sales just kind of further compounds that issue for us. And so, you know, we are in hopes that the board will rule to overturn the denial of our retail tobacco sales permit um, based on our long history um, and also uh, the status of our relocation 
circumstances. Thank you. We have a few questions from one from President Swig and then Commissioner Trisvina. Yes, thank you for appearing in front of us uh, tonight. Of course. I haven't been to your new location, but I have been to your previous locations, and uh, I recognize you as a bona fide and good business. Um, in, in, the, in the process of your relocation uh, and the, the transference of licenses, et cetera, et cetera, which yeah. you have to go through when you do that. Yes. Did, um, did anybody from the Department of Health ever inform you about the details related to transferring a tobacco, a yeah. tobacco license? Did anybody ever tell you that there's, and we've been through this before, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, anybody ever tell you that uh, there would be um, uh, a, uh, some results as uh, maybe unfavorable results as uh, in conjunction with that move and um, and and did you get disclosure that at that point that the tobacco license probably wasn't going to be reaffirmed because of the number of licenses were in the, the neighborhood and and the pro close proximity of other license holders so yeah, so um, the public health department in August of 21 um, confirmed that upon their um, site visit that um, application would kind of be automated to public uh, uh, public health department on, in the cigarette division. And so we did not hear anything for a very long while. I'm sure that was a result of COVID pandemic um, and then, you know, uh, February of 22, I think we, they reached out and said, you know, you don't have a license, your account has been closed, which was kind of a surprising factor because we had never closed our account. We knew we were simply trying to trans transfer it. And so, um, yes, I mean, essentially, you know, here we are. I mean, th th there were several conversations with well, one of the representatives there in the health department, and he had said there was a huge backlog. This is why we haven't gotten to your um, application, and um, and now you know here we are. Um, and we do plan to return to our original 1590 address. So we are, you know, in the upcoming months, hopefully, you know, achieving that. But you know, in the meantime. Um, you know, we are residing at 1648 and hopeful to be able to con continue our, uh, you know, uh, reinstate our sale of cigarettes and continue that practice. Okay. Uh, uh, thank you for that testimony. I'm going to ask that when the Department of Health steps up, uh, and I'm sure that it's part of their, uh, their, their testimony, all the rules that probably should have been explained to you in the first place and but a really important question and it's a question for both of us uh, when a uh, when a, a business temporarily moves from one address to another removes moves back to that uh, original address yeah. where, where they held a license is there any retroactive benefit and what should your expectations be when moving back there? So can we ask that question of them? We can certainly, yeah, okay. that would be great. Uh, Department of Health representative, please be prepared to answer that question. Thanks very much. Commissioner Trezvina has a question for you. Okay. Thank you, President Swig, and thank you for your, for your testimony. I, I, please correct me where I maybe have the wrong impression. 
I thought I read in the materials that you had, you, your plan was to move back to 1590 by October of this year. Is it yeah, a new date? Uh, yeah, like in terms of original construction completion at that development, there was a completion date that was originally set April 1, and then it's just been a sliding schedule of completion. So, you know, we, we do once, you know, I think now they've completed construction, we will now, you know, be able to start our work in the space and move the ball forward on that. And is that the private owner's redevelopment or is it city work? It is uh, uh, Sullivan development. So the, the 1590 is private property, it's not city property? Correct. Okay. And it, so it wasn't your, it wasn't your, you did not initiate the uh, idea to move out? I did not. Okay. did not. Great. No. Great. I, I thought I read in the record that you terminated the, your license at 1590. Is that, that, was that in order to get a license at 1648 or for some other reason? That was, no, that was an unbeknownst factor to us. You know, they, they indicated that down the line, oh, you know, your account was closed. Um, it's not something we would have done. I, I don't know if, you know, like President Swig said, if that maybe moving from one location to the next triggered a closure, that's something that we were unaware of. We figured it happened at the public health department's um, accord, but... Uh, you know, uncertain. Okay. And just one, one final question. If we rule in your favor, uh, is the effect of that that you'll be able to start selling cigarettes at 1648? Yes. And if we rule against you, it means you won't be able to sell cigarettes until you move back to 1590? Yeah, I mean, it will certainly mean that we can, re, you know, reinstate sales of cigarettes at 1648. And then hopefully having that status helps our move uh, status back to 1590. Um, that's what we're hopeful of. I mean, I'm just trying to get a sense as to how many months of loss of income are we talking about? It seems like what you're trying to get tonight is the ability to sell at 1648. Yes, correct. And at least if the schedule goes up as Longer. expected, yes. it should be about six months. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Lemberg has a question. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you. I thought I noticed somewhere in the record that this was the work being done on 1590 was soft story related. Is that correct? Or did I? So it's a, it's a six-story mixed-use building that has ground floor commercial and 53 residential condos above. What, what's the sort of work that is being performed on, on that building? So it was a, uh, you know, a, it was a, de a demo, complete demo, and then a brand new uh, building okay. resurrected. Okay. I must have made that up then. Okay, thank you. No that, I just wanted to clarify that. Okay, thank you. No further questions. Thank you. Can you. Be seated. Thank you all. We'll now hear from the Department of Public Health. Welcome. You have seven minutes. Thank you. Uh, good evening, President Swig and fellow commissioners. My name is Larry Kessler. And I'm the program supervisor for San Francisco's retail tobacco permitting program. I've been with DPH for about 27 years as an inspector, 
and in this current assignment as the program supervisor in the tobacco program for about a year. Uh, the program is very ably run by Senior Inspector Janine Young, who is behind me, and she's been in the program for over 10 years running this program. She's available as well to answer any questions you may have. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, as, my, as the brief to you states, the jug shop, which recently moved to from 1590 Pacific to the location at 1648 Pacific, did apply for a retail tobacco permit. And they have been selling tobacco at 1648 Pacific since first moving there in 2021. Uh, to my knowledge, they may still be selling. Uh, he may recently have, have discontinued selling based on um, feedback from us. I'm not clear about that. Um, but after reviewing, he did submit the application. We reviewed the application and we determined that we would not be able to issue him a retail tobacco permit at that location due to permitting restrictions in the health code. And those have been specified in the brief that was submitted to you. Um, I'd be happy to go over each, each of those points, but the main reason for that result is that the 1648 Pacific address has never had a retail tobacco permit. And the health code prevents us from issuing a permit at a location that has never had a tobacco permit. Um, there are some other issues as well that are addressed in the, in the brief to you. Um, there's more than 45 retail tobacco permittees already in that supervisorial district, as well as there's already two permittees within 500 feet. Those are both also uh, restrictions in the health code. Uh, there are some exceptions that are allowed for, to get around some permitting restrictions. And we tried to apply as much as we could to this facility, understanding the difficulty and the situation of what happened here. Um, but there was really no exceptions available to this applicant in order to issue this retail tobacco permit. Um, due to that result of no exceptions available and the restriction on a new permit being issued on a, a brand new facility in San Francisco that would, has never sold tobacco before, we would respectfully request that the board uh, deny this appeal. I'd be happy to go over any specifics anybody has regarding uh, this case. Thank you. We have questions from President Swig and Commissioner Trisvenia. So um, I, I think I'm the only one on this board who has gone through a hearing like this. Uh, I understand the, the issues. Uh, can you, uh, for, for me, it took me a little while to get my arms around this the first time, and I'm, I'm going to ask Ms. Young. We're going to have a, I think we, we had some fun together before. I mean, sarcastic, sorry about that. But what I'd, what, I'd, what I'd really like you to do for this board at this time, to, uh, because you were, you, were, you were indirect, that's not a criticism, but I, I would like to, you to give a fuller explanation about the whole map of San Francisco, the various districts, the number of uh, licenses that are available in any district, what is the criteria related to adding a single uh, license in any district? What happens when somebody moves? Um, all that stuff, because I think it's important for this body uh, and these new com newer commissioners, they're not new anymore, but they're newer to this type of situation. And, I, and I'd like, if you would, to give them a little, um, a little broader tutorial on, on this subject so they understand and have some context. And then I'm going to uh, ask Ms. Young to take a trip with me down memory lane 
and we'll talk about uh, a legacy item that we heard probably four or five years ago, okay? And you'll remember it, I promise. Um, so if you would, please. Um, yeah, if it's... Would you be prepared to talk about the, all the restrictions? Ms. Young can do it or you can do it, just a, a um, tutorial. Yeah, I think Janine's, as I said, uh, Ms. Young has been in the program for um, many years dealing with the density issue, density ordinance, and uh, all the different rules that come with that. So I think she'd be probably better equipped to uh, highlight those points. No, no problem, thank you very much for, for that accommodation. Um, good evening, commissioners. Um, my name is Janine Young. I'm a senior inspector with the health department. I've been with the health department since um, uh, um, this month will actually be 30 year anniversary. Congratulations. And I've been Thank with you. the um, tobacco program since 2010. So in 2015, San Francisco decided um, through a lot of community and public um, health meetings at the Board of Supervisors to, that there should be more um, a look at um, how many tobacco permits um, that were in the supervisorial districts. So back in 2015, we had almost a thousand permits and we had some districts with very few permits and then a lot of districts with highly concentrated uh, retail of permits. And it was decided um, that San Francisco should have a more uniform um, permit and that uh, was when they established a density cap of 45 permits. And what the um, ordinance uh, did was try to make sure that current permit holders would not lose their permits. So the new ordinance actually kicks in when there's a new uh, a change of ownership. So when there's a change of ownership, then there's a, a lot of uh, restrictions, um, I would say grounds for the health department to deny a permit. So um, we have 11 supervisorial districts. In 2015, we only had one district that was below the density cap of 45, which was District 7. Now we have uh, about 596 permits right now with about four districts that are below the density cap. But the remaining districts um, is still really highly concentrated of permits. For example, in this district, Supervisorial District 3, there are about 97 permits. So when a, there's a change of ownership, when we get that application, um, we have to look at several different criteria before we can issue a tobacco permit. That criteria includes um, that there cannot be another um, active permit within 500 feet. They cannot be within 500 feet of a school, K through 12, private or public. They cannot be a tobacco shop. They cannot be a, a food establishment with on-site consumption of beverages um, or alcoholic beverages or food. Um, and they cannot be uh, at a location where the health department has not issued a permit in the past. So those are what we call the density criteria and you cannot be in a district with more than 45 permits. Then there are exceptions and those exceptions are extremely limited. It's limited to only um, retail markets, tobacco shops, and those limitations are if there's a direct negotiation. So if I meet certain criteria then I am able to sell my store and then that new um, buyer will be able to get a tobacco permit. And then there's some other 
uh, a um, exception. Um, for example, if there's a, um, a, a of a tobacco shop or market, and uh, the the owner wants to sell the store to their child, they can the child can get a tobacco permit. And then the exception, um, which I think you were bringing up, which is the if a store is forced to relocate um, because um, of seismic retrofitting um, due to the soft story uh, requirements under DBI, then that store um, can relocate. But we have recently learned that they must relocate at a location where we previously issued a permit. And then when they um, they're able to, we're able to issue a permit at that relocated um, address until they move back. And then there's one more in the event of, of death or divorce. And those are the exceptions. We take a lot of time to like talk to our um, tobacco owners, talk to the applicants to make sure they understand all of the um, requirements in order for the health department to issue a tobacco permit. And what we usually hope is before someone untransfer or moves or goes into escrow, they will contact us first so that we can help them, guide them and direct them on what some options may be. Unfortunately, um, as in this case, by the time we were notified, they had already moved. And that's where we are here right now. We cannot issue the tobacco permit because we did look at every uh, requirement and every exception to see if they would qualify for anything. Okay. Um, thank you very much for that. Uh, I'm going to end. Uh, I'm going to go down memory lane with you. And yes. then I'm going to ask you a question related to this specific um, case. The reason I'm going to go down memory lane with you is to, so you can place in context examples of what you just talked about. Okay, mm -hmm. um, I, uh, there were there were two gas stations uh, in the Sunset about three, two three years ago, um, and there was a change of ownership, and w the owners of those gas stations came in front of us, and they said, "Wait, we bought the gas stations. Don't the permits come?" with the gas stations, and your answer was? No, permits do not transfer. That is actually in the ordinance. So when there is a change of ownership, that owner has to apply for a brand new permit. Okay. Uh, there was another example, and I, I, um, I can't remember what happened, uh, but I know it was, we heard it like three times, mm -hmm. and it was on Third Street, yeah. And the move was of the location, I believe, was a corner grocery store, and they moved about 250 feet uh, to another location, mm -hmm. and there was the same result that you moved, you lost your ability to sell tobacco. And was there an exception there, or what happened with that? Yes, so that was an example of a two-story. Um, they were actually in a two-story soft to soft story building. Um, they had applied for the only exception that they thought would work. Um, DBI was really tried very hard looking in their records and DBI came before and testified that the, that location could very well qualify under the soft story except um, retrofit requirements. 
in the future. So this board um, overturned our denial and the permit was issued to that location. But since then, we have learned from our city attorney that um, when the soft story, even when the soft story building exception is applied, they must move into a location where we've issued the permit in the past. And that's because the law is trying, it requires that there's no new locations where the health department issued permits. So here we are with this one. So thank you for your answer because I think that's very helpful for uh, these folks who haven't been through one of these. I think there have been one or two others, but those ones that, that still are in yes. you know, my old memory. Um, so here, here we have a situation where the owner uh, is rebuilding the building. Uh, the, 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 the holder of the permit is, has to move because they can't operate a building while it's being demolished and then rebuilt. Um, and so there is clarity around uh, everything that you're talking about. You move, suddenly there, there are too many, too many permits in District 3, uh, no room for you. Also, there's the 500-foot rule. That's, that's two strikes against you, and so there's clarity around that. Now, um, the, the building, uh, the, the new building is built. Uh, the the original space is uh, is back. That uh, that former permit holder uh, has every intention and is t t and he's under oath. So I know he's telling the truth uh, that they're moving moving back. Um, is there an exception there so that when he moves back to that location that has previously been okayed for a permit and it's the same owner it hasn't been a transfer of ownership it was it was just the the owner of that building which he is not uh asked the owner of this building get out for a while until you can move back in where 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 are you there because it would seem i don't i'm not reaching any conclusions i'm mm -hmm. asking your you know according to whatever the rules are. So uh, it would seem that if that, that former permit holder uh, moves back to the same location, that that permit could be available for a, a, an exception or some adjustment. I'm clear on it's no good at the, the next location, but w just moving forward on this, yes. uh, t tell us the rules around that. Sure, so I think in this case, it really is about uh, all the actions that's taken place to get us where we are today, tonight. Um, the fact that the um, business, because we're listening, um, I read the emails, I read the ordinance that they submitted. There was really a belief on their part that an ordinance was passed that would allow them to transfer all of their permits. There is also a belief that when we checked the uh, tax collector's records and found the closure that they're testifying right now that they were not the ones to close the, um, um, their uh, previous uh, permits because sometimes people do maintain their permits even though they're not selling tobacco for th just this reason. So I think there's a lot of um, support for us to really look a little closer and see if we can correct some of the mistakes that were made. Um, but um, 
that's what my managers, uh, supervisors here for, um, and we will definitely work with the business, um, especially if there were mistakes on our part as a city, prematurely closing uh, the permit. That permit on our part was closed because we saw it was closed in a tax collector. They went by, saw that there was no building. That's why we closed it on our end, but I think we're willing to go back and relook at that and then work with them about um, um, preparing them for going back to 1590 Pacific Avenue. Okay, so what, what should our expectations potentially be? I know you have to ha uh, chat with your manager. I know yes. that this is an exception, but um, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of like the people's court. Uh, <laughs> I understood. We're, we're, we're all for a small business, especially legacy businesses yes. that are good, for, that are community small business. We like that a lot because that's what makes San Francisco, San Francisco. So, yes. you know, what are the potential expectations here? Um, is Should there be any expectation that he hold a tobacco license at his temporary location or not? You can say yes or no, it doesn't matter. So the truth. At, this, at 1648 Pacific Avenue, we cannot issue a tobacco permit there. Okay. That's just what the, the law does not allow the health department to issue a tobacco permit there. Okay. At 1590 Pacific Avenue, I think we can look back and correct mistakes so that a permit can be reestablished um, there. I think my manager can speak to that specifically, um, but I do, do want to let this board know that we're working very hard to try to figure out how we can get this very important information to our tobacco permit holders. We have, like I said, 596 tobacco permit holders. We want them to be able to make decisions and understand how a move or a change of ownership or addition of a partner or deletion, uh, a deletion of a partner will uh, affect that tobacco permit. It okay. is not our intention for people to lose their tobacco permits. Okay, so in this case, same owner, new location, no permit, one. Same owner moves back from new location for, for, for the reasons that are pretty valid. There wasn't any building, right? And now there is. Uh, what, what steps do we take tonight understanding no permit in the new place Potentially, you guys are going to have a discussion about a permit there. What kind of uh, jurisdiction or decision uh, should are you recommending that we uh, move forward with? And I'm not confirming that my fellows here are going to go along with your decision or my line of questioning, of but I'd love to know, given those circumstances, what, what is your best advice? Great, thank you. I'm gonna let Larry answer that, and thank you, commissioners. Thank you very much for going down memory lane with me. Um, so that's a good question uh, regarding the move back to, to 1590 um, Pacific. Um, there's a little, so there's some complication in the, in the paperwork. Um, we did, the health department did notify the tax, collector, tax, tax collector's office to put it out of business based on the drive-by that the building was gone. Um, and I was concerned about, about if the applicant or the operator was aware of that. I did contact the tax collector's office. Um, the email I got back from, from them stated, based on their database, that the owner is the one that put it out of business. So I don't, I'm not sure how their database works and what kind of indication there is there, if there's a form or if it was simply, um, 
tied to some other aspect of a permit that the city issues. It could have been a default thing because we, we do have facilities that, um, especially during COVID, we had places that were operating in a hotel and they couldn't operate. So um, they kept on paying for the permit even though they weren't actually operating. And uh, we had quite a number of those. So if it was simply the case of something like that where the owner um, would normally maintain, even though the building was going through this work, he maintains the validity of the permit, um, then the permit would have always been there. And then he obviously would just reoccupy that, that building at that same address. Um, the only complication, as I said, is just understanding if, if, based on the tax collector information, if they would allow a reinstatement of that permit. And that's something I really can't answer uh, myself. Um, I don't think it's unworkable, but um, again, I don't really know exactly what happened uh, in that situation. I, I think before I give it to Commissioner Trezvina, uh are we within, and I'm going to look out of the side of my eye to the the city attorney, uh, are, uh, we are dealing with an, an appeal right now on uh, the, the permit being allowed at the, the new location. Uh, that is very clear to me that that's, I, I know the rules. I, yeah. you, you, you all repeated the rules to us. They're pretty tight. However, um, uh, I, what I'm trying, is it, is it within our jurisdiction? Uh, or do we just sit back and, tr and trust you uh, to uh, tie um, a relocation uh, a relocation issue to the potential reinstatement of a, a license that, that was in good standing before a mandatory move due to a demolition and, mm -hmm. and is moving back? to the exact same address where there was a legacy business in good standing and it will hopefully continue to be in good standing as he moves forward in the future. Um, I think the complication would be if we had to issue a new permit, and is that what you're referring to? Is if, uh, if the old permit I'm, would not I'm be able to I'm looking to find continue. out if, if, if there's really good reason and there's possibility, uh, because it seems like an, an exception, it's a pretty good exception. Uh, and uh, you know, to a, to a small business that that operated in good standing for a long period of time, and had a coincidental relocation due to due to their landlord's mm -hmm. uh, that action, not to their own, which enhanced, in fact, the city's position on that block in which it was located. And this would <coughs> this would complete the enhancement of that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, of that new new building. So it's all positive, positive, positive. With one technicality, uh, can 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 we get? Do we have any? Leverage and Jen, I'll look at you, or or maybe we just say you'll say Rick. All we're doing tonight is saying yay or nay to the to the permit at hand. Make any decisions, determination, or or give. Certainly, the board can give its indications to the department, but it has no ability to rule on the original address. On the matter before it. Okay, so uh, thank you, thank you for that feedback. I think we've heard from the city attorney, which is your, your jurisdiction is. <laughs> they give you advice too, um, but I, yeah. uh, I, I think we put this, 
this item on your map. I, I'm, am I getting a sense that you have sensitivity and, and some empathy for the situation of this former permit holder and it's their potential to hold this permit again in the same location as before? Uh, we're very sensitive to the, to the business's situation. And as you know, we're bound by the law, though, whatever is in the, uh, in the health code regarding issuance of permits. I, you know, that's really all I can say. Thank um, you for listening. Yeah. I appreciate it. Commissioner Trezvina. Uh, thank, thank you, President Swig, and I think you have exhausted almost all of my questions. Um, I try. And, and, and I appreciate the, the, the guidance and the, the, and the background and the context. I also appreciate, Mr. Tesla, you've been around, I think you said 27 years, and Ms. Young, you're about to celebrate your 30 years as a city employee. You both exude the dedication of our city workers of trying to, trying to resolve problems for, for, for uh, members of the public. And your inspector, your administrators, you're applying, you're, you're administering a program, but you're not policymakers and you're not the ones who've written these uh, health codes or, 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 other, or other rules. You've got, you have a job to do. And it seems to me that the health code is trying to drive uh, people like Mara Pellin out of business. Just trying to reduce the number of people selling cigarettes, companies selling cigarettes. So I appreciate that you have to follow what the health codes are and the, and the rules are. Perhaps this is, an, this is an opportunity for those supervisors and supervisors' aides who listen to us to hear and see, here's an opportunity for legislation to address a very, what seems to me, a compelling, compelling situation. My question is, uh, Ms. Young, you, you, a couple of times you, you stated that the law or the code is triggered by a change of ownership. Is it also triggered, how is it triggered in this situation? Is it simply the move? Yes, yes. So, so um, the new, um, at the new location, that's the new business. So um, the business owner had to apply for their food permit and they applied for the tobacco permit at the new location. Mm -hmm. And could you surmise as to who is in the best situation to advise and explain to permit owners or people who are moving from one business from one location to another is it your office is it the office of small business where how how can we prevent this kind of situation from occurring in the future so it is right now the health department um, environmental health retail tobacco program that's the best place to go but we are always looking to train and we work with the office of small business so if a small business go to that office they usually call me directly and we have conversations because we're all trying to support our small businesses and the collaboration is the best way to do that sometimes when we are a when we have to say no deny a tobacco permit office of small business has a lot of resources for our San Francisco businesses that they can take advantage at no cost to them so we actually do um, I think sometimes I feel like it's a bat phone where they call me directly to talk about sp specifics. Okay. Well, th thank you. Thank you for your service. You're welcome. Thank you, commissioners. Okay. Th thank you. We will now move on to public comment. Is there anyone here to provide public comment on this matter? If you're on Zoom to provide public comment, raise your hand. 
Okay, no public comments. So we're gonna move on to rebuttal. Mr. Priolo, you have three minutes to address the board. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, from their explanation, uh, understanding that uh, it was triggered in this, the denial was triggered in this instance because we were in moving into a location that's never had a tobacco license. Um, you know, so I, that's clear. Um, but it is, uh, you know, just trying to wrap your head around the fact that, you know, 50 yards away, we're on the corner of Pacific and Polk. We are now at mid-block between Van Ness and Polk. Um, I can throw a rock at where I was and I can't uh, maintain my tobacco license to help our revenue channel with regards to that. Um, so that's kind of the mind boggling aspect of it. Um, and like you said, I understand the protocols uh, that they're up against uh, in place. Uh, the paramount factor I think is uh, being able to, you know, have that uh, permit take place in the return location. Um, uh, but of course would, you know, be gr greatly helpful to us to instate it, you know, if possible at our current 1648. Um, I think that's it, but I thank you all for your time. Thank you. President Swick has a question. Oh. Um, you know, I, I, I went in depth for your education as well as the, the others, yes. and also my refresher course. I always like to stay up on things, and I'm really sorry. That um, that you, that we, that your move came at a time where maybe um, COVID tough time, man. Yes. <laughs> there were a lot of people who weren't at work. There were a lot. You knew there were a lot of there were a lot of holes in the Swiss cheese that generally has a lot of holes in it, right? Yes. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm sorry that you may have suffered a lack of communication or a fall through fall by the wayside. And I hope you can cut some slack to the city as you know it's a tough time. Yes. Um, but the the rule it would have it would have gone in that direction. Anyway, do you see that it, it would have gone in that direction anyway? Yes. Because these are the the rules, these are the laws. Understood. Okay. Do you are you clear that tonight we have heard from the department that um, it's not a hard no? And uh, would you please introduce yourself uh, to Ms. Young? Uh, Absolutely. Because uh, she's. She knows what she's doing, and she's been great in the past, and is very transparent about, and and knowledgeable about the uh, process here. And so maybe you can. We I don't think we can do anything for you tonight, but would you please speak with Ms. Young? And maybe, but maybe there is an opportunity um, when you move back. Yep. Okay. And I I wish you success. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. No further questions. We'll anything further from the Department of Public Health. Okay, commissioners, this matter is submitted. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank the Department of Public Health uh, for um, providing with us with clarity and uh, giving us the opportunity to, to get a refresher course on what the law is, how it's in, the good news, the bad news, and this is what happens. And also thank you for your sensitivity to this situation and your open-mindedness with regard to having a further dialogue uh, with this former permit holder as, as he returns to his, his old location uh, where he previously held a permit in good standing. So thank you very much. Uh, Commissioner Lemberg. Thank you, President Swig. Um, I, I think it's pretty clear from what we've heard tonight that the Department of Public Health did not 
uh, they acted entirely appropriately and did their jobs uh, to the letter of the law um, and that they did not do anything wrong in this case. I also believe it's equally clear that the result in this case is kind of inherently inequitable, and that's not the Department of Public Health's fault or the representative's fault at all. Um, I, you know, I, again, I think you did your jobs valiantly and, uh, and very competently. However, um, I am reminded of previous proceedings that we have heard in, in front of this body, uh, not for tobacco permits, but other things, uh, where we have taken it upon ourselves to act in equity as a quasi-judicial body. And I think it is, it is my opinion that this particular case would be a very good instance to do that because I do feel like the, uh, the result of, uh, of the Department of Public Health's denial of the permit, while uh, legally just, is uh, is inequitable uh, and is sort of punishing this uh, this small, legacy small business owner for something that was completely out of his control, which was the move to a building down the street. Um, for that reason, I would like to explore uh, potentially granting this appeal, even though, again, I don't think that the Department of Public Health erred in any way. Um, because I, I just don't want to see this result and this small legacy business lose their entire business and not be able to reopen in a new location when that time comes. Okay. Any other? Uh, I, would, I would comment that I would like the uh, city attorney to give us advice on are we inbounds or would we be inbounds or out of bounds? Because this is legislative, legislated law and we can't reinvent the law. We have to go by the law. Fair doesn't count. Whether it's fair or unfair, whether somebody has done all the right things or not in their business, unfortunately doesn't count. That's part of fair versus unfair. But as, as um, Commissioner Lemberg the I would like your comment on the direction that Commissioner Lemberg desires to go and whether it would be legal for us to do this uh, with the explanation of the statutes which are currently in place and, and also in mind that, as I always say, you make an exception, uh, then the next one that comes along, be prepared to make the exception again. So can you give us some background comment and color on that, please? Uh you know, ultimately, it's the board's decision. As the city attorney to the board, I would advise that it's the board's obligation to follow the law as it's been passed by the Board of Supervisors. And if there is a concern with the law being inequitable, uh, my advice would be that's a, a legislative concern and not a concern for this board to take it into its own hands and, and not follow what the code if, if I may respond to that briefly, I, I, I certainly understand what Ms. Huber is saying, um, and at the same time, we have sort of taken this path in other cases. The, the taxi appeal, uh, the taxi permit denials, uh, very much come to mind with this, which we granted uh, three of them in a row uh, several months ago. Uh, for pretty much exactly the same reason, because we felt like the uh, result would be inequitable. So there is um, precedent of us doing this even recently. 
Make a motion. I, I, I would move to grant the appeal on the basis uh, that the uh, hmm, that the I should have written this down prior. Uh, on the basis that the result in this permit denial is uh, is inequitable and uh, that justice would not be served if we uh, if we do not overturn the uh, the permit denial. Any other uh, comments on on this before we move on to a vote? Uh, Commissioner Trezvinia? I I very much appreciate. Uh, Commissioner Lemberg's initiation and, and creativity to come up with a solution that is that is in his view and I think probably perhaps mine more more just. I think tonight's kind of like the the pre-Halloween edition of our board. We've got nightmares dealing with city bureaucracies, and and you've got a front a, a front part of the building being the side of the building. You've got other issues. In here, though, if, if, if there was a way in which we could be assured that, um, well, I, I, I think, I think the, the difficulty with Commissioner Lemberg's approach, uh, what I would prefer is there would be some leeway by the Department of enforcing this provision at 1648, but the status quo is He's not authorized to sell. If, they, if this could be continued so that he could sell, and in the meantime, get a re resolution of 1590, but that's not what we have. We have him not being able to sell at 1648 and multiple, multiple um, bases. Not, so, so there's the inequity of thinking he can move to 1648 when he really couldn't, but then there are also the I believe the, 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 the is, is there a school that's near by this location, or is it simply multiple? multiple? Uh, I think the issue. I think the issue, as I read in the in the presentation, is that there are two ter there are two current permit holders within 500 feet, which is the you know prevents another reason why uh, there would a a, a new uh, issuance would be prevented. Yeah, I, I, I think because of the multiple reasons why this location is in, in, not only inappropriate but, but contrary to the law, I, I, I think the approach that, that Commissioner Lemberg regrettably, it, it goes too far, and I, I would not uh, be able to support it. Commissioner Eppler, since you're the only one that has you want to ch chime in or? Yeah, no, I, 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 I too have, have shopped at the jug shop and, uh, you know, do share a lot of Commissioner Lindbergh's uh, concerns with the way that this law, you know, has operated in this case, uh, particularly um, because um, I note that uh, we are building, um, there are a lot of projects of similar sort, um, whether they are being built or have been entitled and are waiting to be built or, you know, fewer in the entitlement process at this point in time, but the treatment of businesses um, that are displaced by what is ostensibly, we're, we're told, or we hear a lot of people say a public good in terms of adding to the housing stock, um, you know, that, that is something that needs to be remedied. Um, I note that we're dealing with a very 
restricted type of business license. There are other types of business licenses that are similar where this could pop up, and that could be in you know the alcohol uh, beverage control rules and the licenses for there, um, where we have districts that have restrictions and numbers, and this could pop up. Um, I think that as a result of the potential breadth of this issue, um, we are more prudent in seeking a legislative fix for this issue than trying to take this one-off case. Uh, and so um, I might feel different if this was at the very beginning of uh, the drug shop's tenure at this location and they had not been able to avail themselves of the sale of tobacco products up until this point. Um, and that they will be moving as soon as the construction gods allow them um, into their old new location um, that the Department of Public Health is going to work with in terms of getting re-licensed. So uh, in this circumstance, I feel that you know we need to follow the law on this and we need to you know work our magic with our legislators to alert them to this problem so that they can fix it before it rears its head in a lot more circumstances that are a lot more perilous for the business um, my feeling is similar to the previous two commissioners um, I am sympathetic especially since I've been a, a customer there in the distant past sorry uh, but uh, uh, but, uh, you know, this is one of those things, the law is the law, and uh, doing the exception to the law really undermines the department, and, um, and I'm, I can't, I just have a hard time doing that. Uh, so when you, uh, I, I would absolutely not support a motion to, as sympathetic as I am, not to, to support a motion that would uh, go in the face of the law and uh, allow a permit at, at the current location. Now, on the flip side of that, you've already heard my thoughts. Um, I, I absolutely encourage the department to review the situation, especially since it was not in any way, shape, or form uh, the, the arbitrary or otherwise choice of the business owner to move. He had to, and now he's gonna move back. So I think that's an important point. Um, and, and I would ask that you, you look at that. I would also uh, suggest to the business owner, if we move against your appeal tonight, as it seems we might, that you, uh, that you dial the, the number of your supervisor and encourage uh, his support of your situation, which um, I, I know your supervisor, he's a real good guy. Uh, he loves small business. He loves legacy businesses. And uh, I think that uh, he would assist you in encouraging th this city department to not break the law and give you uh, a license at your current location, but encourage uh, a positive review of your situation with the Department of Health uh, to encourage them to review that legacy, that legacy permit and re return it to you. That would be my suggestion to you, but I can't support you on this one tonight, and I can't support the uh, motion. Uh, it, in the interest of not having a 1-3 vote, I withdraw my motion. <laughs> okay, do we have a replacement motion, please? 
motion to deny the appeal in that uh, the and I'll do it motion to deny the appeal in that the uh, the statutes of the Department of Health are um, and are, are correct in their um, their refusal to issue issue a permit at the current location, whatever the address is. I'm sorry. Okay, so help we me. We have a motion from President Swig to deny the appeal and uphold the denial of the retail tobacco sales permit on the basis that it was properly issued and no, issued in it, compliance with the code. That it wasn't. It no, wasn't, well, they, they issued a denial. They so issued the, the denial was issued properly according to the code. Correct. Yep. Okay. Uh, on that motion, Commissioner Trisvina? Aye. Commissioner Lemberg? Nay. Commissioner Epler. Aye. So that motion carries three to one and the appeal is denied. Thank you. We are now moving on to item number six. Thank you for your patience. Uh, this is appeal number 23-041, Sanford Garfinkel versus Department of Building Inspection, Planning Department Approval, Subject Property, 110 32nd Avenue. Appealing the issuance on August 17, 2023 to Samuel Hui of an alteration permit. Commencement of permit application 2016-0621-0534. Horizontal addition, solarium at the penthouse floor, remove two chimneys, refinish existing penthouse roof deck and replace damaged gutters and downspout. This is permit number 2022-03-29-1124 and we will hear from the appellant first who is on Zoom. Mr. Garfinkel, welcome and thank you for your patience. You have seven minutes. You're on mute also. Uh, we can't hear you. Can you unmute yourself? Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, we can, thank you. Uh, I'm in Amman, Jordan, so it's a long distance. Um, I have previously attempted to contact the owner, owners and the architects by phone and email, but they have refused to talk to me. That's one of the reasons why we're here. Uh, the other one is that they, uh, we went to the uh, planning department, we had a hearing, and they approved the plans, and um, the architect stated uh, under oath that he would abide by the plans, but uh, the, he uh, drew new plans and issued them, uh, applied on March 30th and 23, and they were approved in August of 23. So that's why the delay, not me. And the new plans uh, uh, do not include what was previously approved at the planning department, specifically the uh, windows on the north elevation facing my windows uh, were fixed and obscure. And the new plans that, he's, uh, uh, that are approved uh, do not show that, even though the architect stated at the planning department that he would abide by those and, and the plans that said they would be replaced in kind. So um, the other uh, problem with the plans is they state that the north elevation uh, says 
that the existing windows are to be replaced and moved to a, a, a close location. But in September, there was a walkthrough, and all those windows were removed. So the best of my knowledge, there's no windows existing. The plans are not accurate. Uh, there's a possibility that they installed the windows without a permit. That's very unlikely. Uh, the, the building's been sitting there for a long time. Um, if you, uh, you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer. But I'd like you to uh, consider the... Uh, 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 the redrawing of the plans to be accurate and to uh, show what was approved by the planning department previously, that the plan, the windows would re be replaced in kind. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. I don't see any questions at this time, so we'll hear from the permit holder. I believe his representative is here. Welcome and thank you for your patience. Uh, good evening, uh, President Swig and members of the board. My name is Sam Kwong and I'm the architect uh, for the project. Uh, first, I'd like to read a letter from uh, the family that owns the property. So this letter is from the daughter. Um, dear members, uh, thank you for your time. I'm sorry I'm unable to join the meeting tonight. Years ago, we embarked on a remodeling of my childhood home, a place that has been part of our family since 1993. Our hope is a place where my two children can grow up and bring joy to the grandparents through a multi-generational living. It saddens me that our neighbor perceives our remodels as an intrusion on their privacy, uh, this perception has led to tens and thousands of dollars of spent in delays, but more painfully is the loss uh, we have unable to live together and sh have uh, shared the time with our parents. I hope that this is the last of the stalling that our neighbor has propagated so that we can begin moving forward and have our family home back again. Uh, sincerely, Mira Hugh Chung. Um, as you heard from the, the family, what they've expressed, this has been a lengthy project. It, be, uh, it, it, it stay, uh, started in 2016 when plans were drawn for the uh, and, and were approved, but due to COVID and difficulty in getting contractor work, didn't really begin until the end of 2021. Uh, during construction, beginning in 2022, complaint was filed and the building inspector discovered that the permit had expired. They, they halted all work and due to reasons beyond my understanding, both the planning department and the building department required a complete new building application even for the same work. We've completed the application and plans, but soon after the planning approved the plans, Mr. Goffinkult filed a discretionary review with the planning department in September 2022, but eventually 
the Planning Commission found that there is no basis and did not deny the discretionary review at a hearing on December 15, 2022. We then resumed work after August 17, 2023, when we obtained all the permits approval from all the departments and ready to start construction, uh, Mr. Garfinkel filed this permit appeal with the board. It is yet another attempt for him to stop the project for not no good reason. Uh, none of his arguments he presented is backed by any solid evidence. We responded in our brief uh, showing uh, the impact of the windows that is against Mr. Garfinkel's house. And we illustrated both with before and after elevations drawings from the approved plans. Members of the board, it's been a year since no work has been done at this house. And I feel very bad for the owner as their plans to live as a multi-generation family unit is being stalled every step of the way. Um, it's unfortunate, but um, luckily I do not live next to somebody like Mr. Garfinkel. I urge the board to deny this ridiculous appeal. Thank you. Thank you. We have a question from Commissioner Trezvina. Uh Thank you, Mr. Kwong. Can, can you tell us how long the Hueys and Mr. Garfunkel have lived side by side? I don't know how long, but they've known each other for a long time. At least since I've been there, um, they, they were neighbors. Okay. And can you describe, if you know, any of the efforts by your client and, and your client's family to meet with uh, and, and hear any of the concerns of Mr. Garfinkel? We've responded to him, uh, but his arguments for, for uh, the windows and relocation and new windows are uh, not true. The building was covered up because it was during construction. So windows that were there before was covered by plywood and eventually be, be cut open again. But okay, since- Can you then tell me whether from, this, from your, the starting point to now, whether there have been any modifications of the plans to address any of his concerns? The windows were never changed. The locations were never changed. So there have been no changes in response to and his And he, he his keeps saying that we changed it. And our drawings show that it, it never changed. And you can check with the planning department as to our, our plans throughout the whole process whether anything was changed. Okay, the last question I have is the nature of the, of the windows. He, he says you agree to covering uh, obscure or opaque windows. Yeah, sir, uh, yeah uh, we, are, they, we, are they now opaque? Or is the plan to have uh, opaque uh, windows that would, it, that would reduce the privacy concern? Or are the they windows that, uh, that we propose to put that's supposed to be opaque will be opaque, but right now there is nothing because the, the work was stopped. So there's no windows. <laughs> There's no opaque windows. The but, windows that f faces uh, uh, Mr. Garfinkel's place w will be opaque. Great. That's what I want to know. Thank you. 
Thank you. I don't see any further questions. You can be seated. We will now hear from the planning department. Tina Tam, once again for the planning department. 110 32nd Avenue is a three-story over basement single-family dwelling in the RH1D zoning district. The permit ending with the four digits, 1124, was filed in March 2022. The permit is to construct a horizontal addition to the existing third floor penthouse slash solarium. The addition, which is approximately 200 square feet in size, will be set back approximately six feet from the northern edge and five feet from the southern edge of the existing building. As you heard from the architect, the scope of work was previously approved in 2016. Because the 2016 permit did expire, the owner had to file a new permit in 2022. The appellant is Sanford Garfinkel, who is the owner um, of 855 El Camino del Mar, which is the adjacent property to the north. Here is a sandbore map showing the subject property in red. red. Subject property in red and the appellant's property in blue. Here's an area photograph showing, again, the subject property and then the appellant's property. During the 311 notification process, Mr. Garfinkel filed a discretionary review request and cited the same privacy issue as he currently still has on the property. Sanford's concern is that the window replacement on the building, which is part of a different permit, ending with the four digits 6921, that was filed and approved over the counter in 2021. According to Mr. Garfinkel, He's concerned, and I believe this is the window he's most concerned with, is highlighted in red. Again, this is a subject property outlined in purple, and Mr. Garfinkel's property is outlined in green. He's concerned that the existing window, which is currently obscured in glass, facing the back of his property, will be replaced with clear glass instead. With clear glass, he believes these windows will then, therefore um, impact his privacy. Here is um, the elevation, the north-facing elevation. Can you zoom out for me, please? This is the elevation that faces the back of Mr. Garfinkel's property. In other words, this is the elevation that Mr. Garfinkel sees when he looks out from his back of his property. The top elevation shows the existing condition, and the lower elevation shows the proposed. As you can see, there's no change in the total number um, of windows or the location and the general size of the windows remain the same. I, I think in the fact there's one less window. If I count them, there's seven here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six. What I think Mr. Garfinkel's concerned about is this, uh, is this window. Because this is the window that has the obscure glass. 
It's going from this window to that window. At the December 15, 2022 DR hearing, the architect confirmed that all the aluminum windows will be replaced with aluminum clad wood windows to match the design and operation of the existing windows. The architect also clarified at the DR hearing that any window with obscure glass will be replaced with windows with obscure glass. As noted in the DR action memo, which was um, included in the response brief, the Planning Commission voted 7-0 to zero to not take discretionary review and approve the permit. The proposed project meets the planning code, the design guidelines, and the 2021 window permit, which is not, again, not part of this appeal, also meet the window replacement standards. The existing windows on the building will be replaced with new windows of higher quality material. They are similar size in the same location in the same design. The planning department asks that the board deny the appeal and uphold the issuance of the permit on the basis that the permit was properly reviewed and issued. That concludes my presentation. I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. President Swig? Yep. Uh, just to, to reaffirm, uh, there, are, there is nothing that I have heard. Is, is there anything which I may have missed that has anything to do with any deviation from code, compliance, or any statutes that you are sensitive to when approving a project like this? Thanks for the question. I don't, I don't think so. This permit is for the expansion of the solarium on the third floor. Right. It went through two er review processes because there were two permits. Um, the issues I'm hearing tonight is about windows, which is not part of the solarium expansion permit. It's part of an older permit that was issued. And even if looking back at that older permit, it complies with the code, it complies with our standards and improvement. There's, there's no issues Are there any issues problems whatsoever, even stretching the boundaries, any problems whatsoever you see with this project? I don't, not with the windows. Um, that's okay. presented and the issues that I'm hearing tonight. And are, are, the, are the issues related to the opa opaque nature of the windows uh, memorialized so there is assurance to the neighbor that those windows will, when replaced, be opaque? Um, we actually don't require the windows to be opaque. Okay. Um, this, is, this is the information about it being obscured was from the architect at the DR hearing. That that hearing was memorialized, it's been recorded, um, but we don't get into the details of glass being obscured or clear. Okay. But it sounds um, like there's a promise uh, from the architect to go ahead and do uh, that. Given the concerns of the neighbor, given the openness of the architect to disclose that o opaque windows are okay in uh, in moving forward this evening uh, and ultimately maybe deny, uh, upholding the appeal, approving the appeal, whatever we do, and issuing the permit with the condition that the windows in question, and you can provide detail on that, will be opaque. Does that work? And it, will that be in support of the permit holder? I believe so. That, that could done. work. That could okay. um, perhaps um, put in writing uh, on the plans that the the window 
this one particular window with the obscure glass continues to be in, you know, a window with obscure glass yeah. in the future. I mean, we've, we've, done this, we've done this before. Mm -hmm. I'm just asking your opinion and whether that works for you or not. And it that seems could to work, work for, for, you. for, for work. us as long as it works for it you. It would seem to work for the, the issues raised by the, the appellant and as volunteered by the permit holder. So works for me, works for you. Yes, okay, thank you. Can we just clarify though, are the approved plans now showing up obscured glass? No, there's no notation that I can tell from the window schedule that um, you usually don't include that. I mean, they could add that if there's something that, um, that wanted to be clarified for the purposes of the neighbor or something like that. But right now it doesn't, it doesn't indicate that to be obscure yeah, glass. That's a consideration for us to put on as a condition. We've done that before. And uh, I was just asking uh, Ms. Tam's uh, permission to do that and the, the appropriate nature of that. So thank you very much for that. Sure. Uh, thank you. Okay. I don't see anybody Thank you. Else. No further questions. We'll now hear from the Department Building Inspection. And Mr. Garfinkel, you will have time in rebuttal to address the board. I see your hand up. Uh, good evening again. Matthew Green representing the Department of Building Inspection. Uh, the original permit for this addition was approved and issued in April 26th of 2017. Um, the permit application uh, was extended to a new expiration, da expiration date of April 2021. Uh, the original expiration date was in um, 2018. Um, unfortunately, the expiration date passed without any work starting. Um, the work, the following year, the, the work did begin. The complaint, and this was past the expiration date, just to be clear. The work did start in March of 2022. Uh, there was an anonymous complaint. Uh, building inspector went out there and verified that the work was starting and the permit expired. So he wrote a notice of violation to renew the uh, building permit. Um, since the work never legally began prior to the permit expiring, the renewal permit required um, re-review by all the original uh, city agencies. Um, this is required by DBI since the building code is updated regularly on a three-year basis. The original permit was approved under the 2013 San Francisco Building Code. The renewal permit was approved under the 2019 Building Code. Um, I would note that had work commenced prior to the expiration date, all this extra uh, review would not have been required. Um, the permit would have been um, renewed as a matter of fact. Um, just the fact that it never started is what required the extra um, review by the, the original agencies. Um, DVI believes the permit was approved and issued properly and um, recommends that you deny the appeal and uphold the permit. Um, we would be supported a special conditions permit clarifying which permit, which windows should be obscured. I'm available for any questions you may have. I don't see any questions at this time. So Thank we'll you. move on to public comment. Is there anyone here for public comment? Nobody in the room and on Zoom, I don't see anybody raising their hands, so we will move on to rebuttal. Mr. Garfinkel, you have three minutes to address the board. And you're on mute, we can't hear you. We, we still can't hear you. Okay, now. Yes. Okay, so I'm happy that you're willing to abide by the uh, decision to replace in kind Unfortunately, the north elevation is not correct. They removed the existing obscured uh, glass windows. Now they want to replace one at the far end. I want all of the existing, that were existing obscure to be replaced obscure, not just that one. That's the only requirement I ask. 
Okay, thank you. I don't see any questions at this time, so we'll hear from the permit holder, Mr. Kwong. Uh, member of the commission, uh, I would make sure that the, to clarify the permit that the windows that are of concern will be of uh, obscured glass. So um, thank you for that. Thank you for your flexibility. I, got a, I have a question related to what the permit we're talking about right now, uh, I need some clarification and some help on this. Uh, the permit we're hearing is, is about that, that section of the, the house, which is an addition, 200 square feet, correct? Yes. This, the actually, the permit is for the solarium. Exactly. And the, the, the window is just a separate permit that was approved for the work. Okay. But then the concern the neighbor has, we will address those windows of his concern. Okay. So um, we always like to talk about the things that we are here to talk about. So we're talking about right now the only windows that we can talk about with regard to this permit are the windows on the solarium, I believe. All right, yet the Mr. Garfinkel seems to want to address all the windows on the north side of the building. Um, I'm not, I, I would like to accommodate uh, Mr. Garfinkel. It seems that you're willing to accommodate Mr. Garfinkel. No. Uh, we, uh, what, how, uh, how far are you willing to go to accommodate? We, uh, we can talk about the solarium. The solarium stays as is on the building face that faces his building. Yes. Those windows that were um, obscured gas because we didn't change those windows sizes at all. Right. Will remain as obscured glass. Okay. Are are they are are they I haven't been by the building because we don't do that. We don't do site site visits. So uh, it was it was related that those windows currently are non existing because they're there's an it, were a state it, of it was under construction. Yes. And then things were taken off and yes. then it, the so, jobs is so, stopped. So, so right now, uh, there, there's, there's nothing, nothing there. There's nothing there. But in the schedule of your uh, on your plans, will are those windows intended to be obscured? We can't touch. Yeah, them anyway. we we are going to rebuild the whatever that was taken off because either dry rot or uh, to to back to what was uh, approved on the plans. Okay. So what we're talking about. Commissioners, because this is an important uh, issue. So I'm very comfortable with what you just represented, and I hope Mr. Garfinkel is comfortable that you're telling the truth. I'm not going to question your truthfulness. I, uh, I took an oath, sir. Right, and, and and so I'm sure Mr. I hope Mr. Garfinkel is appreciative that you're going to do that. Now, with regard to the windows that we're talking about, which is the solarium windows, what is the uh, what is the plan for those windows on the north side that face? Those will be clear glass. Those will be clear glass. Okay. Are those windows uh, are are those windows the concern of Mr. Garfinkel in this case? I I'm I'm now confused. No, he he had objections, but then that was denied in the 
discretionary review. I see. Okay. Um, so if if, um, if we are to move forward, and, and I, I think what I'm when we go into discussion, I'm going to, I know that Mr. Garfinkel sitting there going, I want to talk about this. I have ESP. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask him uh, for clarification on that. Um, but, um, but just for the commissioner's points of view, we're talking about windows just there. And it's all, it's good to know that the, the existing windows are going to be replaced as is. Okay. All right. Thank you for that clarification. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. So we will now hear from the planning department. I'd like to apologize. I think I might have misspoken earlier about the windows. Overhead, please. It was brought to my attention by the planner that the obscure window is back here. I don't have confirmation of that because I don't have photographs of it. But in looking at the window schedule, it looks like the proposed obscure windows will be here. Whether there were more windows of obscure glass or not than the three that are shown as proposed, I can't answer. And only the two neighbors can probably verify, unfortunately. Apologies again. Okay. So, could you, would you put that up again, please? Thank you. All right. So, so going from how we view it left to right, the windows in the addition, uh, those are right now scheduled to be clear. Though it was represented by the architect, and he uh, and the architect can step up and and be clear, 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 what I heard is that every other window uh, along that, uh, that sidewall facing north, uh, the top two, uh, the two that are obscured by the, the print that we have on our screen uh, but are clear on our television, and the one that is right by the door are, according to the architect, are going to be obscured. I'm going to ask him for clarification. I can see that one, two, three are clearly obscured. I'm not sure about uh, the, the, the two, uh, the one below, directly below the top two, and to the left of the, the middle, small one on, in the middle, or the, the one on the first floor are obscured. The, the, the windows on the back to the right, those seem to be in another portion of the building. So, I'm, so but are these, these are not in our purview tonight with regard to this permit, correct? Technically not, because this this replacement window replacement scope is part of another permit that's already been approved and issued. It's shown as part of this permit for the expansion of the solarium. But it's not part of this permit. It's not something. It wasn't called out um, in the project description, but there is information in this plan set that's before you regarding the windows. So any change to these windows and any confirmation that they will be obscured uh, is, is, in good, is in good faith and, uh, and, but already subject to a new 
uh, permit in the, in the words of the prophet, that ship has sailed. I believe so, but I'd like Mr. Green to confirm that. Okay, okay. and so the, the windows that we are talking about, and then I'm gonna ask uh, Mr. Garfinkel about, because it's okay. only fair, uh, are the two windows which are on the far left-hand side, which are part of the new, the addition, correct? And those, uh, by your, uh, right now, as far as we know, those are clear according to the project architect. According to the window schedule, I mean, Mr. Garfinkel didn't submit any kind of drawings or plans to indicate which ones he remembers and recalls being obscured. That would have helped us, um, given the fact that we're in the middle of construction and none of that evidence is available for us to verify. Thank you. Commissioner Trezvinia. Thank you, uh, President Swig. And could we refer back to the drawing that you just had up? Overhead, please. Can you point out where on the drawing is the solarium? Absolutely. So just to go ahead and show you both before. So the solarium is happening on top. This is the current condition or the previously, you know, previously existing condition. There's a, already a partial penthouse on the fourth floor, and they want to expand that to include additional square footage as part of that solarium, about 200 square feet. And that's the scope of the permit that's before you. Great. And how many windows are in the solarium? Well, it has a kind of an interesting angle. Um, if you count it, it would be six on this drawing. And those are going to be clear or um, According to the window schedule, it's, it's clear. Clear. So we've got six windows facing the Garfinkel home that are clear. Correct. In the solarium, and that's the permit tonight. Correct. And below that, we have, not part of this permit, we have currently, if the, if the, if the, uh, the higher diagram is, doesn't show any clear, doesn't show any opaque windows, but there will be three according to this diagram. Correct. And my understanding from the architect is that all of those will be obscure? Or is it your? No, according to the window schedule, that's part of the permit. Right. Only these three windows are shown to be obscure glass. Okay, and then on the addition on the left side of the of the of the. Right, I I mistakenly thought this one was also obscure. I wasn't sure. It still may be. Um, that was my understanding from the from the planner when I spoke with her. But it sounds like from the window schedule that it's proposed to be clear. So out of all out of the solarium, and out of the multiple efforts by President Swig to have dialogue with the architect, with Mr. Garfinkel, and we are, we are hoping to get, or we're gonna get six clear solarium windows, three opaque windows, and everything else is clear. Yes, but I would like to like the architect to confirm that because that's okay. his submittal and his drawing and his window schedule, just to verify that that's truly the case. Great, thank you. 
Um, is there is there a I think the issue is privacy, and privacy is, uh, uh, Ms. Tim, the, you know, the issue is privacy, views aren't protected, and we don't have views anyway because um, we, don't, we, we don't have views from Mr. Mr. Garfinkel. Um, uh, so we're really talking about privacy here. What we're missing here is, uh, is, the, is the vertical rendering. Where is Mr. Garfinkel's house? Um, by, I mean, what, we, we're, what we're seeing is one side, we're actually seeing what Mr. Garfinkel sees from his house, but we're not seeing the juxtaposition between uh, Mr. Garfinkel's house and the house next door. And so if the, if the solarium, I can't tell whether the solarium is well above Mr. Garfinkel's house and flies right over the top of Mr. Garfinkel's house and therefore does not look into Mr. Garfinkel's house, or uh, is it at the same height as one of his, um, one of the stories of his house and therefore looks right into a bedroom, bathroom, living room, or, or something else in his house? This is, this is really the hard part. Uh, because if it did look directly, I mean directly, that would be, you know, at, at the same level, uh, then I, I would be having a conversation about uh, requiring some level of op opacity in the uh, in the solarium, but I can't tell. That's not represented, and it's very hard for for you know uh, for me to give a fair. It's not easy to support Mr. Garfinkel. Or, or it's not easy for me to support the, the project sponsor because I don't know whether, you know, the, the, the solarium is way up here and Mr. Garfinkel's house is way down here or whether they are at uh, equal level. This would be a problem because if they're at the same level, hey, we got a privacy issue. If, if, the, if the project sponsor's house is, is well above Mr. Garfinkel's, we don't have a privacy issue. Um, so, um, does anybody have a, you, you aha. The architect did architect. submit, um, a copy of the DR, um, application, um, as part of the response brief mm -hmm. and included in that, in that submittal may have been, I think some shadow studies because initially there was concerns about light too, as well, light impacts. And so there was a series of light studies done. Um, that could help in illustrating some of the questions that you have about height differences and comparisons between the two properties so that you understand sort of... Um, the juxtaposition of each. Yeah, various thing. viewpoints. Mr. Garfinkel's property, I believe, is three stories in height based upon the Sanborn map and the um, street view. And um, the subject property, um, it's three stories with the with the fourth story penthouse slash solarium right is there um, does the architect have a do you happen to have a rendering with you that would illustrate and Can I show it please I, please please you're being invited uh, how, how do I do that Alec, can uh, you give me hand with the laptop can, can we have a laptop Alec can we
Oh, how do I turn? Is there a way to turn it? Yeah, perfect. Overhead, please. Do you want to adjust that, Alec? Please. Thank you. Uh, members of the commission, here is the north elevation, the existing north elevation uh, that faces Mr. Garfinkel's house. The blue area is the, the overlap between uh, Mr. Garfinkel's house and the neighbor's, my client's house. Uh, the uh, solarium t is actually above above um, Mr. Garfinkel's house, and the solarium is set back from the roof deck. So those windows that you see on the elevations, the proposed elevations, doesn't look directly down into Mar uh, Mr. Garfinkel's house. So the, the windows that uh, were called out as obscured glass, uh, it was called out specifically because they are bathrooms. So. Uh, the other uh, large glass that you saw at the end is actually a, a glass window to a deck, and that window, which was obscured glass, will be obscured glass again. Does that answer your question? So, so in fact, thank you for pulling this up. So this, this was my... Uh, this is the clarification that I needed. So, in fact, this whole solarium is is well above the roof line of Mr. Garfinkel's house, and in fact, is set back by how many feet from the edge of that roof line? It's about four feet or so. So it's it's so it's set back. It's well above and set back. So the so the the direct. <laughs> intrusion or privacy issue really is not that dynamic and not it doesn't seem to be that dynamic yeah yeah and we we kept the the design that way so that you know people inside the solarium won't be looking directly into the neighbor's house right okay and 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 again because we've had confusing testimony from planning um, on which windows are obscured and which aren't, would you point out one by one the opaque windows? Uh, Can we do it on the planning department schematic? Because this is a little confusing. If you, uh, which is the planning? President Swig. Oh, oh, sure. If you don't mind. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Thank you. 
Thank you. Okay. So these three are bathroom windows. Yep. And then they, they will be obscured. Mm -hmm. This big one, which looks into the deck, will be obscured glass. Okay. And then this is their kitchen window, but it, it looks between Mr. Garfinkel's house and the, edge of the adjacent neighbor's house. So okay. is their view corridor um, between the two buildings. And that will be clear glass. Thank you very much. Everybody, I hope everybody's clear on it by now. Commissioner Lemberg. While we have this up, can we have Mr. Garfinkel address which windows he's talking about? Because I'm worried that they may not be the same that we've been talking about with the project sponsor and planning. Thank you. We're, 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 yeah, let's do it now. Yeah, Mr. Let's do Garfinkel. Let's do it now because we're under the conversation, but we still got to. We can't hear you. I just want to make sure that we understand we're still in plannings. We're both okay. I'm sorry I didn't explain myself more clearly in the beginning. I'm only concerned with the what were the existing obscure glass windows, none of the new uh, uh, up above the roof, none of the new stuff, only the old stuff. And the plans were incorrect. They said they were existing windows. There are no existing windows. Now he wants to put them back in a slightly different configure, uh, uh, location. That's fine. I'm not arguing any of that. But the plans did not say they would be replaced in kind. He left that off. Uh, so now he says he will put them back the obscured ones that were obscured. That's all I ask. Please keep it simple. I only want what was there before. Can you identify which windows you expect to be no, obscured? No, the, no. It's been years, and the plans are not accurate, so well, I can't can, do Can it. you just look at the picture and tell us which windows I, you want to be obscured? The ones that he said were going to be obscured are fine. So, okay, so the ones that were obscured before he's replacing that will be obscured now. That's all. Okay. okay. So I see on these plans three obscured windows, and the architect said that he would agree to have the large window to the left obscured. So we're adding one obscured window. I just want to clarify uh, that. The, are you happy? Uh, there were more. I think he eliminated. The plans are not accurate. I think he eliminated some windows at one time also. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. So we will now hear from the Department of Building Inspection. Um, just to confuse the situation more. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a 2021 permit, and it's clearly to replace all windows in kind. That's not the permit we're looking at. So it's already been, this permit was issued in September of 2021. It expires in August uh, 2024. So, I mean, that's the permit that actually addresses all the windows. And it clearly says, replace all windows in kind. And the planning department's comments are, approved replacement of all existing aluminum windows with all new aluminum clad wood windows match existing design and operation and introduce one new window at basement level facing the driveway. So um, it's my opinion that this, this other permit calls for all the windows to be replaced in kind. 
And this, I'm a little confused by this appeal since it doesn't really address, the permit doesn't address these windows. The only reason they put the windows on the um, elevation design is just to clarify what, what's going to be there, which was proved under a separate permit. I'm available for any questions you may have. Thank you. He's just. It sounds like he's concerned that these plans aren't aren't consistent with the 2021 plans, and he wants to make sure all the windows are replaced in kind. And but they look different. The configuration's different. One window's missing. So would that be something DBI would have them correct to make it consistent with the 2021 permit? Um, well, yeah. The 20, sorry, the 2021 permit asked for them all to be replaced in kind. Unfortunately, I don't have the plans for the 2021 permit here. I wasn't expecting this. Um, we can do a site visit to verify that the plans are accurate. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, this matter is submitted. Okay. Who wants to start? Uh, Mr. Epler, how about you? Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Um, so, I think we understand uh, what the issues are. Um, there are supposed to be four obscured windows, the three small ones that Ms. Tam identified, and then the fourth one that it leads to the deck that's on approximately the second level um, that is at the leftmost of the elevations. And although the permit is for simply the solarium part, I think that we could, and I'm going to get confirmation of this, looking to my right, Grant the appeal and issue the permits on the condition that the window on the deck uh, be obscured. Uh, and that would be the condition on, on granting the, the existing permits with that, that, that modification. And uh, that should, I think, address the issues in front of us. What am I missing, guys and gals? I, I, might, I might add, and that uh, the... And um, that the uh, that the the permit previously issued related to the other um, windows be installed as in kind. Yeah, that's a, I, that's a that's a double insurance. I don't think we have the ability to do that um, because that's another permit that's not on appeal tonight. Um, we can't order corrections to that other. No, no, we're not, we're not. We're not correcting. We're affirming. I'm saying that that the other. I I just I just don't see what the the granting of the appeal as presented accomplishes, because the the windows as we've heard extensively are subject to a different permit that was already approved and is not being appealed. Then so I don't understand what what the benefit is of doing that. Then the alternative is to not deny the appeal on the basis that it was properly issued yeah. and go and, and hope and pray that the, that the, the architect's word is, is his word. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just don't think the architect's word has anything to do with it because the work that is being complained of by the appellant isn't even on this permit at all. Right. It's just how it appears on the plan set, which makes absolutely zero impact. So my, my inclination is to deny the appeal on the basis that it was properly issued. I would not support granting this appeal. No problem with that. Uh, Mr. I, I would I agree with Commissioner Lemberg. The last thing I heard from Mr. Garfinkel seemed to 
say that the things that we had been focusing on were not his concern tonight and the things that are part of it, both with his assurance and the architect's assurance, I believe we have enough assurance to be able to deny the appeal and have a good faith belief that there will be agreement among all parties. You want to chime in again, Mr. Epler? I, 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 I find myself on, 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 on the other side. I feel like we've all shifted positions from where we usually <laughs> set up on this, and I'm very disoriented by that. Um, but, um, you know, if, I mean, I, yeah, I get it. This, this, uh, this permit, you know, I was, I think sometimes we go outside of the scope of, of a particular permit when we're trying to remedy these issues, and we do conditions on the grants of permits, which is, you know, technically granting the appeal, but, you know, I certainly um, am not going to uh, die on that hill tonight. And if we, as a body, feel comfortable with the assurances that have been made, then, you know, I could be made to feel comfortable with them as well. I, I would be uh, comfortable supporting Commissioner Lemberg's uh, position that we should just deny the appeal because the, the, all the stuff that we've been talking about, which are considered in the, in the permit, are okay. So what are we talking about moving I, forward? Uh, so I'll, go go for it. I'll, I'll move to deny the appeal on the basis that it was properly issued. Is that okay, Commissioner Epler? Okay, so we have a motion from Commissioner Lumberg to deny the appeal and uphold the permit on the basis that it was properly issued. Do you want to add anything like in the windows are addressed in a separate permit or no? Okay. Okay, so Commissioner, on that uh, motion, Commissioner Trisvenia? Aye. Commissioner Epler? Aye. President Swig? Aye. So that motion carries four to zero and the appeal is denied. Thank you, and that concludes the hearing. Thank you, everybody.